when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good? Go ahead. What's up? I fucking love the energy of the podcast. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Keep it. That's the intro to the podcast. Danley, please ask your question publicly. This Go is ahead. the start of the podcast. This is it. We're in the podcast now. What's good, a, internet? Do you have a list of all the winners from last night? Yeah, I can link I can link you to those right Thank now. Thank you. Hi, internet. We're a little we're a little punchy this morning. Presumably Thanks. because we were all up late watching the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley's ongoing uh, play to to give the honor and prestige of a red carpet to the world of gaming. Um, that's what we did last night was watched. You know what? I, I shouldn't shit talk because I actually, actually, truly, really had a good time watching the Game Awards last night. There was a point, I'd say, right after the first anti-vape ad... <laughs> That I think the show, the first of three, that the show... Wait, is that why Natalie was losing her shit? Yeah, Natalie, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I missed the anti-vaping ads. Oh, there were three of them. Wow. Do you remember growing up, there were the... What's the name of the thing? Is it like, not trust. uh, It's truth. It's truth. Truth. Uh, The the truth ads that were like, cigarettes kill you. They do. And you're a teen. It's the truth. You're going to change. We're we're the generation that's going to change the world. The truth ads in the Game Awards last night were like, you did it, gamers. You changed the world. No one smokes cigarettes anymore, but now you vape, and that's just as bad. And It so, was like, when you vape, you will probably smoke cigarettes. That is what it was. And it's like, yeah. mm, mm, who, I don't know. Who vapes if, you've, if you can commit to cigarettes? Right, that's yeah. that's the thing. If you're ready to go all the way on that cigarette train, like, I I don't know what who has a jewel at that point. Maybe for flavor, I don't know. The the and listen, for clout. I know I know that things are different. I know that that there are high school epidemics with jewels. I'm not trying to make light. I know that there are people who have various positions on this, but those ads were fucking corny as shit. Um, and funded by Big Tobacco. And fun? Are we? Were they funded by Big Tobacco? The whole. Tr- the whole truth campaign is funded by oh, Big Tobacco. Wait, okay, was is it one of those things that was like they're showing that they can regulate themselves so that the government doesn't step in originally? I think it or is. Or did the like government force government, them to do it? One or I the think other. It was like, yeah, yeah. I think it's the latter. But now they're using it to like take shots at fucking vapes because vape is the new shit. Competition. <laughs> wow. Although at this point, Big Tobacco's got to be like swallowed up, and just they are vape now, right? Well, I don't, I don't think Jewel is part of that group, is it? I think like, Jewel has is has recently been bought. Jewel Company. Yeah, you say Jewel, not... I think. Do I need to go get groceries? Everyone should look up, by the way, <clears throat> Mission Winnow. Uh-huh. Which is this amazing um, 
initiative by Philip oh Morris God. to do I don't know what. It is the most Silicon Valley, like, Hooli-esque nonsense I have ever seen. Uh, but it's all this, like, it's almost like your stereotypical aspirational startup uh, you know, sizzle reel or something like that. And Mission Winnow, we always believe about improving. It's about science and engineering, having answers to improve our world. And at no point does it ever actually seem to do anything. It is just a way to get Philip Morris associated with motorsports again and oh, not with massive okay. tobacco lawsuits. Gotcha. The truth campaign seems like it it came out of the Tobacco Master Settlement Agreement from 1998. Uh, which seems to have been uh, settled Medicaid lawsuits against the tobacco industry for recovery of their tobacco-related healthcare costs, and so they changed their marketing practices and set up the the fun, that money also funds the anti-smoking advocacy group called the Truth Initiative. So yes, literally a court case is what is leading to today's anti-vape ads from Truth. Shout outs, shout outs to that. My point is, they they worked as a really good bookend for my interest in this awards uh, last night. Um, I think it was probably the strongest one uh, in my in the recent memory, at least. Um, I had a lot of fun watching. I think that there was a point at which there were a series of awards with great with great uh, uh, you know uh, award winners who gave gave good speeches, and there was a a, a run of really interesting and fun trailers. And I, I think this stuff was there all the way through, but I felt my my cynicism and my skepticism kind of peel away like layers of an onion and inside found like oh wow i'm just excited about some of this stuff um and that is a surprising thing for me how did y'all feel about the show twitter was also good i would note yeah uh twitter is not always good um but i found it to be like a delightful companion to the the journey of of watching the game awards like especially like in you know we'll get into you know moments like sonic fox like there were just moments where like Maybe it's partially the way I've, like, curated my feed and, you know, things like that, where I've, like, mm-hmm. just gotten better at that over time. But, like, I enjoyed the community, like, our community of, like, Waypoint, in which all of us were privately, like, uh, you know, talking through things on Discord and then p- more publicly on Twitter. Like, there was just – I think there was also just in a, in some way by halfway through, there was, yes, an arc in which it kind of found its groove or, like, a better uh, ebb and flow between – like the uh, you know the, the world exclusive impulses and what was mm-hmm. actually happening on stage, and also just like a general acceptance of like this is what it is, and like rather than getting too hoity-toity over it, it's just okay. Like, can I just appreciate what's here and what I'm what I am getting out of it? I think like there's a collection of like two of those things that like were coming together around halfway through. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I I generally enjoyed it. I think Jeff Keighley should take himself out of it a little bit. Like that was like my high level note was that. It is increasingly odd for him to play both the world exclusive showman and like I love games as an art form and want to celebrate the community. Like it just doesn't work that well. And there, I think there's a, a structural change to the show that could happen where if this is what it is because this is what it is. Um, there's probably a way in which that can be separated out a little bit so that it. I don't know. It just ends up flowing a little bit better in a way that I don't think would require a huge lift, but it, I think would in some ways require Jeff to step back, back because yeah, I don't necessarily yeah. think he's the the best ambassador for what the show is trying to accomplish, even though he deserves enormous credit for putting together the thing in the first place. Are you suggesting a world in which we go to celebrity hosts a la Kevin Hart? I don't – well, <laughs> Kevin Hart's already dropped out of the Oscars. So, <laughs> I know. Uh, um, that's fast. I – 
Yeah, it's probably some sort of like closer mesh with like with G- the GDC awards and keeping the spectacle of like mm. I don't know like that is part maybe that is a part of the issue is like who do you put in front of the camera but I think that shows a lack of imagination I think there's a there's a way Let me tell you, you can too. arrive but at it, that because who's Zachary. watching because of Jeff Keeley right sorry I interrupted you what did you say no I said Rob Zachney should host the Game Awards. <laughs> That would be actually excellent. It would actually be excellent. It really, truly would. It be really, excellent. really would. Um, Sonic Fox should host the, the Game oh. Awards. I mean that like mostly seriously too. Like it's people, people like yeah. that, like that show that kind of enthusiasm. That, but like, uh, is the path that you're suggesting the one that ends with Ninja hosting the Game Awards? Actually? Probably, yeah. Right, not yeah. Sonic Fox. Right. And- I think it's less. I mean, I think obviously, like all the guest hosts, maybe, like could be more i don't know reevaluated like some of the guest hosts i was like mm, yeah. i don't know mm, christoph waltz what are you doing here <laughs> yeah, he, he sort of you know what though as as well, weird he, as that was he sort of nailed the like in a very actorly way he pulled off like his bit i know the pc mastery's bit like i was shocked i was like motherfucker is a good actor he has no idea what any this of this means this is great material and he and delivered it like he didn't know yeah, yeah the way he pulled off the, the aim assist thing like I actually clapped because like that was like it was yeah, masterful in his ability to pull off you know otherwise like shitty material that you would normally see a celebrity that doesn't under you know yeah that's like, like out of place yeah. or like out of touch with what the I'm just grateful that joke was not that he was saying he liked to play with his analog joystick, which is what that joke would have been <laughs> five years ago at that show. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, what that speaks to, I think, is for me, I think it's less about who, well, first of all, don't put shitty people on stage, but also, <clears throat> like, I think the pacing of the show, like, really could be reevaluated in terms of like what you're saying about like the structure and things like that there were so many announcements that were just ran through and like not even oh yeah like even having like a lower third that would like really like pointed it out or like did you know like there's just no like significance being attributed to like or just like yeah any drama or anticipation that's built up for these awards and these are like really important awards and especially because they are the awards that are like m- more significant I don't want to say more significant to the people that are receiving them because I don't want to say like the AAA companies the- these awards aren't significant to them but like like seeing like into the breach win or there's like sound uh, like sound design right like sound design is one of those awards audio design is one of those awards that was not on a stage that was part of a big list of craft awards per per the way uh, Keeley talked about them. Um, Oberdin also was like that, right? And it's and like I feel- th- those those so called craft awards are the people who you never get to see on stage, right? Yeah. And it would be cool if you if they were given any sort of attention instead like of the being sound blown engineers by. and things like that. Yeah, and I understand that like there aren't when you look at like the Oscars. There are like a lot of different people that could and like go up on that stage, like in terms of like throughout the night that there would be like if 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 this year had been like a Red Dead blowout and like Red Dead had just been like walking up every time. Mm -hmm. Like I could see like why like for for some of these you don't want to like keep inviting up the same three same thing same three dudes and like yeah, not yeah, yeah. and like and, and not be able to give that stage to to someone else like 
giving that stage to Sonic Fox for his awards. Like if if I I wonder if they who which other awards would be pushed out if like some of those awards had been put in. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I, like for instance, there's the best student game category, and it's like. Why even have that award if you don't get to have, like, an excited 19-year-old show up on your stage? And they didn't show the game. They right? didn't show the game at all. They don't show any no. of that stuff. That's the thing that was so frustrating about those segments. So those were segments where Jeff would stand up and there would be, a, like, uh, instead of a lower third, there'd be, like, a sidebar on screen that would mm-hmm. just say, up for best student game, Combat 2018, Dash Quasar, Jera, Lyft, Recharge, right? And then he would say, and the winner is Combat 2018. And it would move on. Like, no gameplay footage, no, no montage. It wouldn't even be like that. It'd be like... And Combat 2018 gets it. Yeah, and that's like, it. Yeah, there was no and the winner is moment. Yeah. And yeah. that one's going to Combat 2018. Uh, falling into a Casey Kasem, which is Jeff Keighley the Casey Kasem of video games? Um, so, yeah, that stuff was weird for sure. Rob, did you see it or did you just catch up on stuff the next day? No, I watched it. Um, what, <clears throat> what did you feel? I mean, I expected to hate it. Uh, yeah. but I Me too. Up- really enjoying it and i just there's of course there's a million things you can pick at with the game awards but at the same time i was pretty engaged for most of it which compares very favorably to just about any other uh award show i I can name and i think there is something really tacky about the fact that uh the people who actually win the people who have been nominated uh particularly uh you know the, the 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 craft awards things like that uh it is very dismissive and unfair not to give those people their moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, watching people make acceptance speeches and thank you speeches is not engaging television for two, three hours. And I think that's that's a contradiction that resides at the heart of an award show. What keeps people what keeps people interesting in the game awards is the fact that like in addition to getting some cool moments with creators you 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 respect and and you you've heard about and you you want to hear from you also get a steady drip feed of here's what's coming here's the new shit and mm. i have a hard time completely castigating the game awards for being the kind of show it is when it also kind of addresses one of the major reasons why i start to lose momentum halfway through every oscars broadcast right, in history right. so like it's it is a flawed compromised award show they all are uh the the compromises it's made i think do say some unflattering things about what the industry and its audience tend to value and regard but at the same time it was a very good version of what it wants to be and mm-hmm. uh it's you honest, know, I, I didn't regret right? my like time. it's 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 honest about what it is, and maybe a little more honest about the appeal of an award show than other ones are. Not, and you know how can you can't plan around like the what would you would want, right? Is like you would prioritize more people speaking if you could guarantee like a home run, like the Celeste Award, right? Right, or the Sonic Fox. We should talk about have... ones that we we liked a lot. Yeah, talk, tell me about the Celeste Awards. The uh, Celeste won best. Uh... God, what in, was the? It was it best indie game. I don't no, remember was, the exact. It was it was not not best indie game, not best debut indie game, because uh, best indie went to Into the Breach. Right. Um, games for Impact is games what, for Impact. Yeah, um, which is a bad category, but I'm glad Celeste. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm glad a, those. Yeah. I'm glad that those those the games in that set were nominated for something. It did but win also, best independent game. I thought that was. Oh yeah, I you're think right. It won what both. Is, oh, strategy. It, it won strategy both. was Into the Breach. You're right. You're okay. right. You're right. Yes, it did um, win both. 
Yeah, and that, that's because I think maybe because uh, this didn't get written about as much that Celeste was a game that had at its heart, um, other than being a unbelievably like probably as good as Super Meat Boy like level platformer. It uh, had like a really interesting uh, a sort of mediation on, on mental health uh, and sort of like finding your way through the nightmare that that can be for, for different people. Um, and like, that was at a core part of that game. It wasn't just like, ah, here are some cutscenes where we fill in a story. Like that was pretty central to, uh, tenant to, to the, to the design of the game and, and really lifted the platforming elements of it. Um, and what was like really touching about their speech was they genuinely seemed like they were not ready for the moment. <laughs> um, you know, they seemed taken aback that they were nominated. I, I would say like, of I was taken aback when it found its way into the game of the year, uh, like sort of slotting, um, because I don't know. I just I I didn't think I didn't think that game had quite crossed that certain threshold. Uh, right. Sort of like awareness. I I know that amongst people like me who love the shit out of really good platformers, it was like, oh, this is not just a good one, but like a transcendent one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never got, and I know it was a financial success. I know it sold very well, but I never got the sense that it had sort of transcended in that way to uh, get to that sort of conversation. And I think the response when they were nominated and the response when they won at least this award, which was kind of like a, a stage in for realizing they were not going to win the Game of the Year award because they never were going to win the, the Game of the Year award. That's just right. not how that was going to play out. Um, th- to see someone sort of, sort of taken by the reaction to a game and, and and the speech itself was like very from the heart. Like, you know, I don't know how it was written. If they, you know, had bullet points, they just kind of threw them out. Like everyone approaches stuff like that differently, but you know, like the, the line um, about uh, you know, where they acknowledged that that game had touched a lot of people and uh, had helped them through their, you know, wrestle with and understand their own mental health issues. Like the fact that the line that the response to that was, you know, you did that on your own. Give yourself credit. The game didn't help you get there. It was just like a really amazing moment. Um, that uh, if again, like if you could bottle all those that stuff together, of course you do more stuff like that. But often it's a little more along the lines of thanks to know, my publisher. Rock, yeah, like uh, Rockstar coming up for Red Dead. Like, yay! Bring like, those two other to, dudes up. On to the next one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is fine. Whatever. Like, you know, not everyone has to get up there and, and cry when they when they give a speech. Um, but uh, that you know that is part of the reason that stuff gets deprioritized because you don't know what those moments are are going to be. Um, the other one that stands out for me is obviously we've already mentioned Sonic Fox's name a few times, but Sonic Fox won best esport athlete of the year, best best esports player of the year. Dominique McLean, who is fantastic, uh, got up on stage and was so overwhelmed. You know, was was in his full fursuit. Um, and kind of just got up there and said, like, I just do this because I love to play games competitively. There was a bit of a humble brag in there about giving money to a friend, but, like, it came from the right place. Uh, One of his friends uh, and mentor's uh, father is, I believe his father, uh, someone Mm -hmm. in in his family is uh, sick with cancer, and Sonic Watch just gave him a bunch of money, um, and that came off like a real, real big humble brag, but also felt. I don't like, think it did though. He was he was so clearly overwhelmed and just babbling yes, at yes, that point. That's he wanted I mean. to give a shout out to this guy, yes. But he also like had no idea. He realized he didn't know actually what he did want to say, and so or he just that, ends up motor mouthing for like or, two minutes. Yeah, or what anyone in the crowd knew. Right? I was like, well, okay, you don't know who this is. Fuck. Okay. So uh, he's, like, he's like a good friend, like a best friend, but like, like like a really good. Oh, like he tried to characterize who he was in the. <laughs> friend hierarchy like three times which yes. is like the first indication that he hadn't like 
he didn't. He suddenly realized how much context was needed to explain this story. Before, so it didn't sound like I got tons of cash and I'm just throwing it in the air. You had to be there. Story for his acceptance. A hundred percent. Well, like he got it there and he literally the first thing he said was like, wow, I really won this shit. Like, yep, he really did, Sonic Fox. And then gave a, a great speech and then ended it um, by saying, by saying, I guess I just got to say, like, before I go, I'm gay, I'm black, I'm a furry, pretty much everything a Republican hates, and I'm the best esports player in the whole year, I guess. Or, like, amazing, yeah, amazing, amazing. Uh, lots of hate headed his way, obviously, um, but he just he chews it up and spits it out. He Robbie, seems very equipped to deal with it in a way that uh, not everyone is, but you're. it's so valuable when there is someone that can be that honest and forward and and throw the right punches and also yep. be prepared to like you said spit it back out because it's a lot of people it's it can be easier just to say that stuff but then not ready for the consequences of that uh yeah. and and he just seems like he is you know good for it like we are we are so much better as a sort of like wider community that people like him are visible and are getting platforms and are willing to say those things because there just aren't enough of those people out there king sonic fox imo uh, <laughs> he said on Twitter, Rob, you linked this. Y'all have literally so 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 his initial tweet. Yo, well, if, don't yeah, I'll say there have been just go read his feed. Just go from read the his last feed. You know what? Just hours. go read his feed. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, but he he restated that like, no, I'm I'm not gonna apologize for dunking on Republicans right now. I'm not gonna play the respectability politics game. Like I'm not here for that. Quote, y'all catching that dunk on a huge platform right quick. So yes. Shout outs to Sonic Fox all probably the most political the evening got, right? Like not un- so. not not surprising that that you know um, No. I mean no, that, I, like the a queer the black most... furry would be the one who to like step out and actually well, sure. say some shit. Yeah. Uh the, during like the the uh, the honorary award for the, the, the guy from Visual Concepts, Joe yeah. Thomas. I, I'm blanking on his, his name, unfortunately. Um but like the closest we got, which is, this is not political, but like even an allusion to anything was like you know the real heroes are like our families for putting up with us, which mm-hmm. is like a, like a grand illusion to like like the shitty way video games are made and yeah. the way labor is exploited and families reap the consequences of that. Of course, it was not like that we should do better. It was just like, yeah, that's out there. Thanks, thanks, fam. Yeah. yeah. Um. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, last, like, I guess, like, personal thing, shout-outs to Lena, who did the some of the Celeste soundtrack, seeing, like, a personal friend of ours up on stage, Lena Rain, um, do stuff with, like, Hans Zimmer and... Shout-outs to that soundtrack. It is... In general. A, it is, it oh, is the Celeste a soundtrack? One, yes, it's yeah, a yeah. wonderful soundtrack, um, sort of even outside, you know, I think people are pretty tired of... People are pretty tired of pixel platformers and, uh, uh, chiptune music. Yeah. But Celeste is a game and a soundtrack that uh, and uh, that goes like it, it transcends that stuff in a way that um, you should check out. It's a it's a really got some some two mellow tracks on there too. So so truly Waypoint Mod two mellow Waypoint <laughs> you know has made two mellow has made music for for other uh, incredible uh, or has made other incredible music for Waypoint shows. So shout outs to him also. Um, all right, so that's – any other awards we want to note or call out? You know, Game of the Year was God of War. Best ongoing game was Fortnite. They're, they, you know, kind of hit that Fortnite hammer pretty hard. Um, mm-hmm. uh, game direction was God of War. God of War, I think, came away looking looking like the Game of the Year in terms of which which awards it, it won besides Game of the Year. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it definitely felt like people 
I, I kind of expected to come in for this to be the Red Dead show um, because the game reviewed so well. But the but Red Dead ended up getting like, oh yeah, narrative. Oh yeah, uh, best performance. And that feels that this was the year that it felt like the Oscars in the sense of like, oh yeah, that's going to win best screenplay, but it's not going to win best director. It's not going to win. Right. It, it gets the runner up award. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I think that game has. Uh, I think maybe this time this is just anecdotal. This is kind of mm-hmm. like you know put your mm-hmm. finger in the air, but I don't. I think this is going to be one of those games that a lot of reviewers look back at their review and go, yeah. maybe I didn't like that game nearly as much as I thought I did when I when I wrote about it. Um, or maybe it'll be it, it, everyone I talk to seems to not really be enjoying their time with the game or not getting anywhere near finishing it. Yeah. And I just think like the tail off on that game has happened pretty fast in a way that is even maybe reflected in the fact that it didn't sweep more awards. Totally. But those who do get to the end of that game, like, largely what I've seen is, like, get to the end of the game. Like, people saying, like, get to the There's end of the good game. stuff. And lots are, of people love yeah. it and say, like, it really picks up, you know, the, the classic, uh, just get 25 hours in. And then, like, the story really goes places. And I will get there. Like, I will finish that game. Like, it is probably going to be my mission, at, you know, when I we have our days off at the end of the year. But I do think there – and this is even talking to developers who it's just, like, the game has just not landed in the way that I – I, I suspected uh, it would. Um, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. We should. You want to talk about some? Let's take a break. Let's take a break, and then when we get back from the break, we'll talk about games that were announced, things that we are excited about, uh, thoughts, etc. So, BRB. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. All right, we are back with more Game Awards news and information. Uh, there's a lot of stuff here. Like, I don't know that we can go through every single thing here. So what if we do like a roundtable and we just go around and, and pick out something that was interesting to you, starting wherever you want to in this thing? Uh, does, anyone, does anyone want to go first? Does anyone, does anyone want jumping or buzzing with, with excitement? Kata was walking in front of the, of the <laughs> camera, and so I'm guessing he's just going to come back dressed in full Persona 5 Joker regalia. Yeah, can we just talk, can we just talk about that moment? Yeah. Because uh, so, like, reading tweets from people in the – one, like, other than Sonic Fox, like, probably, like, weirdly rivaled, like, the moments when everyone lost their mind was the Sonic Fox speech and, and then the moment that uh, Joker from Persona 5 – was revealed to be uh, uh, the part of the first DLC for yeah. Smash Brothers, which like I give no shits about Smash Brothers. You know, all respect to people that love that series and that game. Like I'm mostly out here thinking I put 15 hours into Persona 5 on PS4 and then fell off it. And I'm like, yo, is this like the beginning of a beautiful Bring relationship between Atlas and, and Nintendo? Nintendo? We already have. Shib- already have. Megami Tensei is coming to uh, Switch. Um, but Persona has always been Sony aligned, right, right. so I'm hoping that like this is like a thawing of that franchise, and like yo, gi- just give me a pers- re-release Persona this, on Switch uh-huh. front to back. I, like I, I never played 
uh, four. Like I'd, I'd, I wanted to get more into five. So I don't know, it was just fun to watch. Even though I don't care for Smash Brothers, I deeply love the way people get excited about it. I get excited for other people. Yeah. Like I, I enjoyed living through them because I get nothing from it. And watching the Persona reaction was just like, mm, like just so amazing to see yeah. see people good. just really lose it. Uh, it was a it was a really cool setup for people who didn't see it that that effectively made it seem like they were going to steal the show it, like because they're a group of thieves that's kind of the bit um, and then yeah and then and then reveal that it's coming to Smash uh, which which came after a long night of advertisements for Smash that were set up mm-hmm. like trolls that were like the first one of those started with Animal Crossing shit and then no, the reveal the first one was uh, was it was, not uh, Ken and oh was it Ken Ryu? and Ryu yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Fighting okay. each other and then fucking Mario comes out. I was like, "Yo, I'm here. Mario's here." And I'm then wreck you. And then it was like Isabel and Villager hanging out. <sighs> Isabel and was like, fishing. Psych. And then yeah. it was like Mario's here. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then, and then the Persona one. Yeah. Um. And those were those. Those are funny. And so like the fact that they led to the Persona one. Meant, meant that it paid off pretty well for me. I think the audience seemed way into it. Uh, I'd never well, finished Persona Five, but I think what's so exciting is just like how unexpected yeah. that partnership is. Like seeing a Persona character. I haven't played any of the Persona games, but I'm like familiar with. I mean, they're like super iconic, mm-hmm. and so seeing the possibility or like seeing that be realized and then wondering like what the possibility of the next four fighter packs are going to be like it could be fucking anything except yeah. goku apparently which, which it could is be goku. And, one day goku uh, well yeah it could be i think it could be goku that's now, the door right? that didn't sakurai open. say no well so here's the thing so part part of what makes this even funnier is there was a feeling of discontent in the smash community about the dlc so like sakurai uh, largely is sort of like the Alpha and the Omega with Smash Brothers, right? Like makes all the decisions, you know, top down from him um, and really helps refine and figure out the lineup. Um, but he put out a statement some weeks ago that was like, hey, there's going to be more characters in the DLC, but Nintendo picked those characters. I didn't. And so like this created like, oh, shit. Like, all right, well, these are just going to be boring, you know, like, or, you know, maybe fine, but like Piranha. less interesting. Yeah, less interesting, maybe more insular into Nintendo's own community. And mm-hmm. so that the fact that uh, the first one that Nintendo, quote-unquote, picked is, like, Joke from Persona, like, that's why you get, you know, Nibelian out here putting out, like, you know, this Celtics video of, like, anything is possible because it really does, like, open the world to, like, who, anyone could be in Smash next. And, like, that makes me excited because, like, I'm excited by the idea of everyone else getting excited over who the fuck could be the next character. And also uh-huh. that that the games where those characters come from, like, may make it onto the Switch. Like, that is such an exciting thing and such, I don't know, gives me a lot of hope to play yeah, I- games on Switch. In general, like that's been the question with the Switch is, and I I will say like we didn't we saw the the Switch icon pop up and and, and some other interesting Switch games announced in terms of like uh, what do we get? we got we got um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three which I was not expecting at all uh, um, which is which, say, go ahead go ahead no go ahead Sayonara Sayonara Wild Hearts which looks like the shit which is that is the Samogo 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 I did not expect Samogo Device six. Uh, year year walk, walk just un- like really cool adventure games on ios uh for years 
Um, I felt everything they make is gold, but everything that I played from them, I really enjoyed. Uh, and so to see them make what looked like what I described on Twitter as soft thumper, it's like, it's like (laughs) cool neon bikes, kind of musical pop stars, um, pop stars. Yeah. It looked, it looked fantastic. Like it really looked great. Was a surprise, but I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for them moving in this direction or they might've already had it. I'm trying to remember. They may have had some like action rhythmy stuff you know arcadey rhythm stuff in the past uh, before i came into them but but uh but yeah that looked really cool and some other you know a couple other switch games here or there but what i you know there was something there was no big nintendo announcement besides the persona one right like they were going all in on that there was no yeah, no metroid prime no metroid prime big, um... no metro prime collection no zelda dlc nothing like that and so definitely some questions as to like okay well they really need like 2019 needs to feel good uh for the switch in terms of third third party stuff and ideally in terms of first party stuff so opening the door to new stuff like this or like even hinting that maybe relationships like you said patrick are thawing is a uh, is a good is a good sign um natalie rob what, uh, what, what's one thing that stood out for you hold right? on i just want to yeah. i just uh-huh. want to point i uh when i was uh googling uh smogo i found the blog where they explain uh Cyanar Wild Hearts, yeah. and uh, sort of like how it came to be. And they said, Cyanar Wild Hearts is a soup made of pop culture. It's Outrun, the Teddy Girls subculture, Carly Rae Jepsen, Rez, Cafe Racers, WarioWare, Blum- Bloomchen? Blumchen? The 1950s, I... Modern Dance, uh, Akira, F-Zero, Space Area, Sia, Gradius, the 1980s, Charlie XEX, Sailor Moon, Wendon, Tron, Rhythm Tengoku, Punch-Out, and a good portion of ourselves, strangeness, and mysticism stuffed into a blender. My heart... My heart goes pitter patter for almost all of those references. <laughs> That's they just have a really good Pinterest board, like Pinterest inspiration board set up with all of if that. This is stuff. Carly Rae Jepsen. The game, then the game of the year has already been settled for 2019. <laughs> okay, we're getting Patrick. a new Carly Rae album and a Carly Rae video game. I'm sold. Patrick's very excited. Natalie, Rob, anything else stick out to you? Any other games you want to shout out here? For stuff I was excited about. Yeah, mm-hmm. or stuff that you didn't, you were not excited about. Do you want to talk about? Are we really going to get sucked into enthusiasm about another fucking Far Cry game? Are <laughs> no, we really no, going to do that again? We're not because I, I watched. So that so do you want to set up what that what that game is? Uh, yeah. So it looks like without, without getting into anything too spoilery, uh, it looks it, it looks like. Uh, the new Far Cry game uh, is going to follow uh, roughly on the heels of the. Uh, uh, Far Cry 5. Uh, it's Far Cry New Dawn, which takes place in the post-apocalyptic version of... Uh, looks like we're still basically in the same place, basically it's still in Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they said some new... It's the same county in Montana, but I watched a gameplay video today that included a trip to uh, an amusement park in Louisiana, and then there's also going to be a location in Arizona and a location on the West Coast. Those are like big sandboxes like they almost look like bioshock infinite levels do you know what i mean i mean it was a theme park so yeah. there are roller coasters and shit so like that maybe makes some of the infinite connection with with the rails um but like big open areas not not as big as like a full a full map but like big enough to to return to a number of times and do some some stuff but the setup looks you know pretty enticing in some ways uh it is from the perspective of Two young women of color who sort of begin by narrating how the apocalypse has provided them an opportunity to get some redress of some old old grievances, get some get some justice. To and be clear, of, the trailers from the perspective of these two, not right. necessarily. Yeah, the you game. you make your own character in the game, and yeah. they are just 
like you know they're probably central characters but yeah you're i not, suspect like, those are the villains right like the way i read that trailer was was you are the nice like white folk who are being they're not just white folk it was a, it was not just white people well, well but they you were say... the nice settlement who are being attacked by the two black twins who are showing up to like take what's theirs yeah they're the, the girls say like game. we're coming for you like right. your home like specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. like are speaking to the gamer and what we can't take, we we break. Uh, yeah, but also, right. they're set up yes. in opposition potentially to the remnants of uh, Joseph Seeds. Um, wow, good, nice work militia. finding that name in your brain. The Joseph Seed name is not what I thought was close to the surface for anybody. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> um, it, it, it sort it sort of stuck in there, but uh, so it it ends up sort of portraying itself as uh, yeah. a little bit of a belated revenge story against uh, Seed. Mm-hmm. And w- what happened in Far Cry Far Cry Five, uh, but also that's interesting. I hadn't really thought that we were supposed to not sympathize with them. Uh, yeah, no, it was like that ends with them killing the regular citizens who are like trying to make a normal, average day out of it. Um, and then, and then when you look at the gameplay stuff, like when you look at the gameplay footage, all of their like pink and blue, bright color stuff is like Rage Two like part of the the rival faction you know mm-hmm. whenever you see that the pink spray paint stuff that is like okay this place is marked by the enemy group you know um so here's the thing i watched that gameplay trailer that came out or, or i guess it was like seven minutes of footage that went up over on game informer and nothing about that looked enticing it was yeah. really, it just looks like another one of those i like and... felt it in my stomach in a weird way like i felt the controller in my hand i could yeah. feel the long nights i was trying to push through far cry 5 so i could get a review ready like all of the ui all of the interactions felt so familiar and reminded me that i but mostly had a bad pink time and purple right so... and like great you know pink and purple are nice I, I too am glad it is not just another brown post apocalyptic game but like there's a point at which even even this new aesthetic it just is going to be drained of all of its life, you know? Especially when it's being used the way it's it looks like it's... It just looks boring. Like it just looks really boring. Far, yeah. far Cry New Dawn, I want my candy, old man. I was literally oh about God. to fucking say. I was literally about to fucking say. That was the, the one thing that kept popping up in my head the whole time. I was watching that trailer. I was like, these are just the girls from fucking Purge 3. God, Purge... Right. What is it? Uh, election year these are those girls these are like that is what like i was so afraid of was like the the like okay people marginalized people who, who who did not have access to to uh power or to being able to stand up for themselves protect themselves whatever have now been given that that ability and like who are they enacting that on? Like right. Right, you know what I mean? Like right, right, said in 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 election year, at least they're not the only people of color. Like at right. least you have like the dichotomy of of Carmelo, uh, and and uh, like all, the, like, we, all, all like of the resistance. Nine weeks since we watched that movie, it is okay that you don't remember the yeah, names of those characters. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, but that is what I'm afraid of. Like here, I'm like yeah. I, I, there were some I, characters of color who were not bad in Far Cry Five. In fact, there were lots of characters of yeah, color. Yeah, I should in the say background. I did not play Far, Far Cry um, Five. So, and from looking at this gameplay footage, it looks like there will be some other characters of color. I'm not. It's not even it, the thing is the reason I don't want to set that goalpost is because that's an easy one for them to clear, right? Like they can have 
two really nondescript black characters or, or you know, uh, Latinx characters and be like, see, like, look, we got people of color everywhere. Most, I, I'm not even going hard on this. Like, this game just looks boring as shit. And I, what I feel like is I'm not ready to reinvest in the possibility that they might stick the landing on something when the promise is so minimal and the the what they put on display so far is not intriguing. Well, I, go on. I was just going to say, I will say that, like, the voice acting feels, like, good. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, the voice acting is, like, super strong and, like, like uh, 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 engaging. Like, that, like, I would come to spend time with those two characters. Like, mm-hmm. that is what would make me come to New Dawn, is to spend time with, like, the development of those two characters. I wish I was on their side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe like, that, I don't that know. Maybe they, goes. maybe maybe they that suck. Does become, I don't know. Or maybe that does become the like ah mm-hmm. we've made we you know you make peace with them so you can go after Joseph C. Like we really do not know yeah. and should not get up get too caught up in the speculation cycle at this point. But also, like, should we even care that much? Because the no. the thing is, like, there's something weird where I've ended up with Far Cry where there's something almost uncanny in the way I find those games unappealing now. Just on a mm-hmm. purely like mechanical level, the way they feel, uh, the way it feels to move through them, the things you you do in them, even setting aside the various ways these things are kind of narratively incoherent and definitely feel like a game that's been assembled as a series of patchworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, even setting all that aside, there is just something about almost every aspect of these games that I find kind of repellent at this point. Uh, you know, if I if I want a sort of open world shooter, uh, you know, where you're where you're sort of interacting with the terrain and the land, there's there's other games I'm I'm going to play. I'm going to prefer to, prefer to play with that. Uh, if I want some sort of immersive like adventure in a giant open world, I mean, shit, like I would rather play any Assassin's Creed game over a Far Cry game at this point. And so to me, it, I, I sort of almost hit this point where that series is clearly, like, its missteps are not, from the perspective of that series, missteps. That is what it chooses to be. Right. And right. Right. that kind of that kind of solves for me the question of, is this for me? Is this going to be interesting? It almost doesn't matter. They could make Far Cry Chernobyl. And I could still pretty confidently say, yeah, that's just not going to do it for me. Mm. Right, right. Well, like, and no amount of new gun, new saw guns, or post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, jerry-rigged, you know, whatever, you know, uh, equipment is going to really do that for me. No new upgrade system for your weapons is going to really do that for me. And that is that is part of what I was going into this entire game awards for was like, I want to see something new that I haven't seen before at all, because that is going to, that is going to be what excites me. And I I don't even mean, yeah, go ahead. Speaking of jury rigged, uh, you know, diesel punk aesthetics, that sort of Uh thing, things that you're thinking about the next day, new stuff. Uh, Austin, I saw a tweet from you, uh, early this morning or, uh, four or 5 5 AM. Yeah. Uh, where you were talking about, you were still thinking about the Outer Worlds uh, trailer. Yeah. And that was a pretty good sign. And I have to ask, Austin, yeah. which trailer did you see? So I had to. I went back to it, is what I did. Uh, and I went into it really skeptical. I'd seen, so Outer Wild, or Outer Wild, no, Outer Worlds, I'm going to keep doing that. There's a different game called Outer Wilds, which is by a small team that is like a space exploration game. I've talked about it on a past podcast, I think a PAX podcast probably. I really like what I've seen of the Outer Wilds. This is a game called The Outer Worlds, which is the new game from Obsidian being published by Private Division, even though Microsoft has bought Obsidian. Uh, presumably this will come to consoles and PC. 
It is. They've already said. Okay. They've been explicit that not just Microsoft, Xbox. This, yeah, there, there was a piece. Um, someone asked one of the developers about that, and they're like, "Yeah, Microsoft. You know, they got an early look at this, but buying us does not change the trajectory of this this explicit project. Oh, so right. that's right. that will come out. You know, maybe there will be you know Xbox exclusive DLC or something, but uh, you know, sure. it's it's a, it's a game that's going to come out on every platform. So. I went into it pretty skeptical because the teasers were leaning hard into, like you said, diesel punk, um, uh, the sort of retro aesthetic that we've seen make, made familiar, various retro aesthetics. Right? Like you, you have the 20th century is filled with these big aesthetic arcs, these big moments where you can kind of boil them down now in retrospect and say, aha, this is Art Deco. Aha, this is retro, what we call now retrofuturism, right? Or, or you know, googly era stuff, um, you know, atomic age uh, art and, and et cetera. So this is pulling from what looks like sort of like vaguely gilded age stuff right um uh kind of retro um geometric shapes uh with with big bold lettering um and it is a space frontier game and and they kind of already teased that it would be a, a space frontier game because the t one of the teasers had like the spacer guild or whatever right spacer's choice um and it was leaning very hard into what looked like that sort of retro americana nostalgia for those days and i think that they got up and kind of like they tried to do a bit where they where they were kind of preempting their own game by saying like oh they're we are legally required to to tell you blah 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 which is teasing something at the end of that trailer that didn't work so like starting that trailer and even watching it the first time i was like all right this looks like obsidian decided to make borderlands but like a little more serious right um and I think the thing that I came around on is I might be okay with Borderlands, but a little more serious. Uh, specifically, the thing that I, rewatching that trailer and having now seen like 15 minutes of footage from again from Game Informer, Game Informer went and Which saw I that would game. recommend people doing as someone that thought that trailer sucked yeah. and then watched the 15 minutes and was like, oh, all right, now I'm actually. Yeah. So I think that trailer really that that stuff really helps. Um, but the thing that I came back around on was that part of me just wants there to be something uh, part of me just wants there to be something in the new vegas model which is uh a, a new space to explore and uh new factions to understand and new companies to hate and etc but on rewatching it the other thing that i picked up was this like okay i still think this is going to have lots of issues in the space frontier uh, column right it's still going to fall into traps of like Rah rah colonialism, rah rah uh, human expansion into the stars. But the trailer immediately underscores that by saying like, and it's all like down to corporate greed, right? It's all down to like these are the companies that want to immediately like the people who even came out here to colonize this place have been pushed aside. Their jobs have been automated. The uh, profit as the bottom line has pushed everything forward. Um, and that was also the big joke at the end of that trailer, which I don't think lands. I mean, in general, I don't know that the jokes in that trailer landed for me. Um, but I, it made me remember the stuff that I liked about New Vegas and remember the way New Vegas was sold, which was not sold as like uh, a game that was going to try to tackle the argument between, you know, the imperfect futures of neoliberalism, fascism, and anarchy. But that is what that game is, right? Like when you watch the trailers to that, that game, that game is about like, you know, uh, 
uh, Las Vegas jazz crooners and revenge. And there's a taste of like what is happening in New Vegas, but not really. And so I just started thinking about Obsidian. Like what could they do in that space in, in, in a world where I have a spaceship, in a world where like they're giving me something that looks like the small scale No Man's Sky space exploration game with bright colors and huge planets on the horizon. Like, I like No Man's Sky a lot already, and the version of that that has dialogue wheels or dialogue choices, like, there's a formal, this is like the opposite of the Far Cry response. The Far Cry response for me was revulsion at seeing the game being played, because nothing in me wanted to do those motions again. But seeing the, especially seeing the Outer Worlds uh, 15 minute trailer, like, that actually, I was like, oh, I like all of these verbs. I like doing the, this thing with my body. I like choosing options. And the more I read about it, the more some other details popped up that seemed really cool. Um, I really like the idea of having a flawed character. There are moments in the game where you can, uh, based on how you're playing and based on things that happen, your character can develop flaws, like mm. a fear of fire or uh, like uh, being really weak against certain types of like alien lizards or whatever. That's and cool. that can unlock a new perk point for you. And it's like, yeah, I want my characters to be shitty at things. Let my characters be shitty at things. Um, there was an entire line of, of uh, dialogue that was open to a character because he had the dumb trait. And like, let's bracket the word dumb and the kind of ableism that's associated with that because that's a word that a lot of people use like really nonchalantly, uh, including myself sometimes. I try not to, but like it just pops out. Um, but the idea of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play a character who is just did not a smart person, who is like the captain of this spaceship, who is blundering his way or her way through the world, their way through the world. Um, and the characters respond to that. Like there's a bit in the Game Informer oh God, video where uh, like you're responding to a distress signal and then you encounter the scientist who sent the distress signal and they're like, well, actually, like, mm, you know, maybe didn't need to do that. Uh, uh, you know, I think everything's cool here i'm doing some experiments that are uh, kind of illegal but like they're for me uh, i mean the colony and then like your response can be the the dumb response which is like well yeah this all well this all out. seems in order actually so and then like, i forget the, the the character you're with was like basically like you turn to her and like yeah i mean i told you like this is fine and then like immediately cuts to her <laughs> rolling her eyes going like not everyone is as simple as our captain right um right. what is actually going on here and like that's that's a potentially like interesting, you know, uh, a See, path you could go down for a character. They they've talked about how the different NPC companions all uh, like you know the thing that happens in all of these games where you get to a to a a bo- like a locked box, a locked safe, and you're like, I can't open this because I don't have my lock picking high enough. But I'm like with the master locksmith, and for whatever reason, they can't open it either. Or it pops up in conversation <laughs> where it's like, you know. Uh, my intimidation score isn't high enough, but I'm like a super mutant is two steps behind me. But that super mutant somehow isn't helping me be intimidating. This stuff does a thing where your or, or outer world does a thing where your uh, NPC companions, like their abilities, will will modify yours, and will come up in the options to let them do stuff or to have your score be increased because they're with you to the degree that the again the thing that came from the game informer video was that you can proc your character not proc you can spec your character so that maybe they don't have a lot of skills but they are extra enhanced by all the the people who surround them like they're just a good leader who feeds off of 
the stats that the rest of your your spaceship crew has. Like those are the things that I want Obsidian to keep experimenting with. Obsidian makes very interesting RPGs. Their systems are always pretty innovative. Um, they take something that works and they go, okay, well here's like a neat twist on it. And like I'm just ready for another Obsidian RPG where they've been given a decent budget to try something new. I don't know if 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 it comes across and and they fall into all the traps with with space colonialism and the the grand you know goal of escaping our our past and going off into the frontier where there certainly aren't any other people already um that stuff will pop up but contrasted with like fallout 76 or fallout even fallout 4 um contrasted with with what i thought this would be which was just space shock um this is this is a a a hole in my heart i did not expect to be to be offered to be filled in 2019 you know um so that's that's my that was my bigger takeaway there i would say Uh, still 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 have some skepticism here but not to the degree that i did before the trailer um and definitely not before i saw the the gameplay footage you know uh, I, I will, for as bad as that trailer was, and I truly think it was a bad trailer, because I, like, immediately was, like, off mm-hmm. on the game after getting to the end of it. Um, I did enjoy the, the shade of from the original creators of Fallout. Like, that made me laugh. And then uh, there was a tweet that Chris Avalone mm-hmm. um, sent out uh, in the middle of last night at 3 in the morning, uh, where he writes, the Twitter uh, translate function keeps getting better and better, and he has a photo... Um, which is that like there's the the it you know screen grabs from uh the trailer where it says from the original creators of Fallout and the developers of Fallout New Vegas and then it's Twitter did translate tweet fuck you Bethesda and <gasps> he put that out there wow like, wow like they're what I mean I I think I think we all like it was not hard to pick up that there was bad blood between uh Avalon and Bethesda but. Boy, that sure suggests maybe there's like a whole book to be written about like what the fuck happened between New Vegas and you know yeah, yeah. The, the, the the time with, uh, with Bethesda. After I mean, that. We, I mean, obviously we already know they were yeah. screwed out of like bonuses because it didn't hit a Metacritic rating. One was there's a like whole conspiracy like theory behind it, how and why that went down. Uh, I haven't heard this. What, but can you I, I I can ex- I can probably extrapolate. Do you want to repeat it, or is it too conspiracy? No, I mean it's. I mean it's the sort of like natural leap you'd make. It there may be nothing to it, uh, but I believe there was always sort of an intimation by Obsidian that they were not responsible for uh, QA on New Vegas. That Bethesda mm-hmm. were were was going to handle that. Uh, and what sank that thing's Metacritic score was the fact that New Vegas, when it launched, was kind of a buggy disaster. Even by like right. Obsidian and Bethesda standards, yeah, yep, it yep, was yep, yep. a disaster. You go back and read like launch day reviews, like RPSs at the time. Uh, like this game is remembered as a classic. When it came out, a lot of people who were primed to love that game were like, "This is a broken piece of shit." And the game just misses its uh, Metacritic number, where they would have gotten a much higher payout. And there was always sort of some bad blood and some intimations, mostly by fans, I think, of the idea that, well, you know, Bethesda may not have had the QA department working overtime uh, on on that because there there's sort of a perverse incentive uh, to have that game come in, you know, good, not great. Right. Which right. I think is um, more about the uh, toxicity of like, outsourced development deals and the way payment structures are are sort of arranged that like it arrived at a point where so many good studios were getting hammered by things like metacritic bonuses and 
uh, sort of on this unhealthy treadmill of doing contracts for larger publishers uh, yeah. that I think that just became sort of your your classic urban legend, right? Of, well, this is this is the way that the little guy is getting screwed by publishers now. Yeah. Uh, here's the other reason I'm excited about it is that uh, Josh Sawyer has a uh, design director in in his profile now. I don't know if that changed or not, but if Josh Sawyer, who was one of the major uh design leads on <clears throat> new vegas is actually working on outer worlds then that enough isn't like you know avalon left obsidian a few years ago now there was a big split um but for me and obviously there are other names on outer worlds uh people who worked on both new vegas and on the original fallout so i'm not i don't i'm not saying just josh josh sawyer but like josh sawyer is someone who released a mod for fallout new vegas to like yep bring it a little more into his vision with some, a little, uh, like a, a touch of survivability and, or survival game stuff and some more like resource management stuff that I like. And I'm not saying that that stuff will be the default of this. I, in fact, specifically believe that because that was a mod, those things will be options in this game. He seems like someone who's smart enough to know that like, while people like Austin Walker exist, the bulk of people <laughs> want to have a fun space adventure. Um, but like in general, I think that that team still has a lot of talent. Uh, I never got around to the, to the Pillars games because I'm a fraud uh, and a coward. Um, but one day I will. Uh, but before I that, I wanted to play that vi- the villain game, uh, oh, tyranny. tyranny. Tyranny, I hear tyranny is really, really tyranny. good. Yeah. Um, there's some folks in the mod community that really love Tyranny. It's it's again high on my list of things to get to. Um, so yeah, so so that was that was one for me. Um, and boy, that game comes at a like could, could not have been dropped at a better time. No, given really the anxiety and reaction to Fallout seventy six, yeah, totally. Um, and the like the, game... the absence of Borderlands three, honestly, right? Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Though, both of those things have left this window. And twenty nineteen is like tomorrow. Like it's twenty nineteen so soon. Um, it will that, that, even if that game is, is Christmas next year, or even if that game gets pushed to. to I was going to say, like, twenty nineteen sounds like aspirational. City and slipping right into February twenty twenty. Can't wait to have a pack twenty twenty. I'm just sort of baffled as to why we sort of have this almost glut of uh, hypersaturated post apocalypses. I guess is yeah. this the delayed Fury Road effect with people remembering yeah. like oh yeah, red yeah, smoke yeah. what if the whole game red was red in smoke because uh, <laughs> it is like when I saw that rage trailer once again I'm like I'm so ready to get like I'm ready to be brought on board the rage train uh, and yet I keep watching it pull out of the station and be like yeah. you know I'm good I'll catch the next one I'll get the uh, next one you know it's a little it's a little packed yeah like, there, there are seats available no you know what no I really want a window seat. Another I really one. want a row to myself yeah, yeah. There's gonna be another one in 25 minutes, uh, yeah, so that exactly. that seems fine. I got a I got a book. Uh, no, it's there's the the I guess the other reason this this game missed a little bit for me is just between this, between Far Cry, between Rage, uh, the cobbled together uh, post apocalyptic, irreverent humor, bright colors, uh, that entire motif doesn't do a whole lot for me in a vacuum. But mm-hmm. when I see like three, four games stacked up side by side, all trying to channel that and sort of channel the forced whimsy and fun that always put me off Borderlands, right. uh, I just want to run screaming into the embrace of the nearest Bioshock. Fair, fair, fair. Well, good news because Outer Worlds is going to try to give you both of those things at once. You can go underground and it looks like Bioshock, and up, up top it's like bright colors. 
Um, the other here's the other thing I just thought of too that fits into this is like there were a handful of other big open world game type things there from smaller developers. Um, there was a game called Journey to the Savage Planet. And I think after looking at a trailer for a game called Journey to the Savage Planet, uh, a game like Outer Worlds is immediately going to feel a little more restrained in its space colonialism. Um, there's a bunch of other really interesting small stuff there too. I really like the look of the Pathless, which is the next game from the uh, the devs of Abzu. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a, a press release on that today. So, so just to look at it reminded me instantly of something like, uh, Spirit, not Spirited Away, um, uh, Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like a big open world where you you're like a hunter with like a veil and a hawk, and you're exploring bright things. And uh, the name of the dev team is Giant Squid. I always forget the name of them. Um, and you're like shooting symbols in the sky and running past what looks like corrupted giant mythical beasts, and it's just gorgeous. Um, and it feels to me like a post Breath of the Wild game. Um, huge open space, lots of like light puzzly things that it looks like and just kind of like exploring this zone um the the email we got about it this morning did describe it as a as a open world game um so i'm i'm hopeful that like to see a team like the team that made abzu or abzu Mm -hmm. open up and start going into like big explorable zones feels exciting to me um anything else any other any other big things here um oh there's a huge one which is Last night is the debut, really, of the Epic Game Store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to point out. Uh, do you want to do you want to take that, Patrick? You want to uh, yeah, set it up for the, what this week has been for that? Yeah, um, in which uh, uh, Epic uh, announced that they were doing their well, they, they've had a store, but that store has sold Fortnite and maybe lets you download the now canceled Unreal Tournament, um, and that's about it. But it's really just a Fortnite delivery system. Um, and then they announced that they were going to. Uh, start allowing other games to be published there. Specifically, they were changing sort of like the royalty split um, with any developers to what was it, 88-12? Like, I can't remember the exact split, but it's like a much, it's a significantly more generous uh, split with all developers uh, contrasted to, um, which now in hindsight seems like they're conspicuous, in which Steam announced that they were changing their revenue split in which you could earn more... um, of your uh, earn a better cut, but only on these tiers in which like largely that, that, that split changed when you were, if your game was making more than $50 million in profits, which seemed like a very crass way of steam trying to, uh, to keep more triple a games in their, in their space while saying, fuck you to smaller developers who make less than 50 million. Um, and then tied to that Epic had announced that, Hey, there's gonna be some announcements about the store at, the Game Awards specifically, um, and we got uh, a handful of those. Um, Ashen, the um, Annapurna uh, game, or pub- Annapurna published yeah. game, uh, which is a sort of a, a Dark Soulsian looking game. Uh, I put uh, a bunch and- of time into that last night. Uh, it's yeah, it's basic indie Dark Souls is, is like is both re- is both reductive and also like one hundred percent accurate. Let's finish uh, the Epic Games thing, is. and then I'll talk a little bit about Ashen. But I want to yeah. stay focused on on this. But I will talk uh, about. It. They announced that's you know on the store right now. Um, it's also I think part of the Xbox Game Pass. Um, go over to Steam. It is still listed as TBD. It did not it like changed. go live on. It changed um, from 2018 to to, to yeah. TBD, which probably means it's a platform exclusive. Which would be my guess. Yeah. I sent like an email. A limited time exclusive or something. Yeah, I sent an email to the uh, publicist about it, and I haven't heard back yet. Um, they also uh, uh, Hades, um, the new game from Super Giant, um, creators of. Uh, Bastion and Transistor and Pyre uh, have a new sort of like looks kind of like a 
a Diablo style roguelike. Um, yeah. Is in early access currently on uh, the Epic Store. Um, and then there's a third one, right? At, at least one other thing, right? Uh, Journey is coming to the Epic Game Store. Is, yeah, Journey is being ported to the, the first PC time it's been on the PC. Epic Game Store. Um, yeah, that game is, I thought was owned by Sony, but maybe uh, Satisfactory, not. which is like one of those factory building games, uh, is coming to Epic Game Store. It's, it looks really good uh, for, for one of those. Um, and they're also rolling out a system of or like free games, right? Like free yep. every two weeks, Epic Games, the Epic Game Store is going to give its users a free game. So the first one looks like from uh, December Boy? 14th to the oh. 27th is actually Subnautica and then after that is Super Meat Boy Forever or maybe it's just regular Super it's regular Super Meat Boy I think um uh which is like that's a way to bring people over to your platform all right yeah you know um uh, it seems really smart like they uh we waited a long time for someone to punch steam in the mouth cuz they've deserved it mm-hmm. and uh the the reason that's taken so long is because no one's had the clout to actually drag users somewhere else and I think Austin you had mentioned uh, on Twitter that, you know, smartly, like, the there's an audience shift here, too. Like, there's a, like, uh, Fortnite has the kids. Steam does not have the kids. Like, they have an enormous audience, but that audience is probably, like, largely, you know, tw- like, you know, mid-20s and above. I don't know the exact demographic split, but, like, there are probably not that many 14-year-olds who are playing Fortnite that also have Steam accounts. Um, and the fact that they can convert some of that, they're doing that with the, the different revenue split, um, they're they're going for it and like it's it's exciting like it's weird to be like i'm excited for like a store capitalism, a, a storefront but like steam has deserved to be knocked down a peg for a long ass time and th- i'm grateful that uh someone is actually going to put in the effort and fortnite is a big enough game that they can actually drag people um this is fundamentally different than just like ea opening origin or you yeah. know you play um this is actually someone in which they could result in meaningful change for everybody um, if it goes a certain way. So many people already know what Fortnite is. So many people already have the Epic Games launcher on their platforms, on their PCs if they're playing on PC. Um, And they already have their credit card information there because they bought V-Bucks or whatever, right? Um, So many of those people are are between 10 and 18. Um, I don't – it can be so easy in any given moment to think about – how we have lived our lives in the world of gaming for the last 10 years and forget about like the long amount of time before steam or the long amount of time when people were on steam and like, didn't like it. Right. Mm -hmm. Or different versions of what steam has looked like from the era when, when every steam sale had a weird mini game associated with it to, you know, the, the eras when like patches would just drop on major games and would take forever to download and then break the game. Um, things like version control have gotten better. Like so many things have just gotten better on Steam over the years that it's easy to remember the current the current version of Steam and go like, oh, this is how it's been forever, which isn't the case. Um, and it is for me so important to think about what thirteen year olds are going to turn into in the world of games. Uh, and so there are things about there are things about the Epic Games Store that I'm like a little shaky on. It has a direct referral program that is like all about quote unquote creators, which includes like YouTube, YouTube, uh, YouTubers and streamers and stuff getting cuts of sales if you use their referral link, um, which continues to you know completely drop the wall between any sort of editorial or critical coverage and um, and and being part of the marketing arm. Uh, 
but it's also a platform where it sounds like developers and publishers are going to have greater control over what's on their store page. Uh, there aren't going to be forums, no forums, right, where, like, you're going to have shitty alt-right groups recruiting from, which we see on Steam all the time. Uh, it's not trying to be a community site. Uh, and, and parts of that – and I think that, like – Yeah, 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 we'll, yeah, you yeah, know, we'll like see. I, you're right. We, you know, if they and if they were to dip into that, you would hope if they're going to do this part and parcel with, in which it seems so many of what Epic is building is a critic is a, a counter to what Valve is not doing. Right. Like it is explicitly being built as a fuck you to right. It is the outer what world Steam has done or what they haven't done. Seventy six, right? <laughs> right, um, right, right. And 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 like so, if they were to do that, like what have been the main complaints of developers? Like. Well, like the fact that Steam does no curation, mm-hmm. like the fact that like they just kind of put their hands up and walk away. Like they, you would hope if they were going to get into the community stuff, it would come with like, all right, what are the things that everyone's complaining about? Like, how do we control for that so that that is something right well, uh, better on and that I think platform? There, I think that there are. So I, first and foremost, I think that the 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 whatever was it eighty eight twelve split is like was a shock to wake up to when that announcement was made. And I'm yeah. very happy with that as someone who wants to see developers get paid. Uh, I'm also like question mark, question mark, question mark. Do developers get paid more off of this? How does that look on the publisher side? What are the relationships? Right. How could this be a vector for further organization? Because like if the Epic Game Store blows up and everyone in the dev side isn't getting a cut of that increased revenue, then like that's a point of contention and it should be. And I hope that that's something to, to talk about there. I do also think that... Um, and we'll see how this shakes out, but like there is a good conversation we had between the values of curation on one side, heavily curated market, a, a place that feels like it was you know, the stuff there was handpicked um, versus kind of the open, the, 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 anybody can put something on here for a small fee um, uh, for a long time. For a long time, steam was the worst of both worlds where it was hard to get something on steam or costly to get something on steam, but also, uh, it was it was filled with trash and it was impossible to see stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. was hard if you were an independent young developer who was like trying to make their first game, but it was really easy to like turn around trash that had not a lot of thought in it if you had the resources to do that. Um, it used to be the case that on Steam, you the only reason indie developers were aligning themselves with major publishers yeah. was because that was the only way to get on Steam. Itself. Same thing with like the, the old Microsoft store, right? The Xbox, the Xbox yeah. Arcade, right? The, the, that stuff was largely tied to that. Um, sidebar: Microsoft bad showing last night. Expected a really good showing. Expected some good like Winter of Arcade announcements or whatever. There didn't there was nothing. Um, so also, the is- go ahead. Super awk when Phil Spencer was like, "Oh, could have had a better year." Like, <laughs> yeah, he super did say that. Yes, I was like, "My guy, you're on the fucking game awards stage right now. You're not like puff out your chest." Yeah, like if there's the time to front, it's now. It's now. It's now. That interview was it terrible. Was, interview was like, terrible. It was pro- the most awkward ninety seconds in which it was like two people doing. Uh, like you know, when you go to a party and you get stuck talking yep. to someone, we're like, oh, we gotta talk for like to like our significant others come back from the bathroom. Turns out we have nothing in common and don't have anything <laughs> to talk about. And like, fuck, like, how's work going? Could be, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. It's you fine. know. And it was just strange because like both of those dudes Super are better than that. And it, it was, yeah. yeah, it was just. Ex- they know each other. Spencer yeah. was so ready yeah. to also talk that- about dead cells, though. 
he was he was ready to drop everything. He's like, yo, you played Dead Cells? Holy you shit! Dead cells? Hey, props to hey, side yes. note, props to fucking Dead Cells for winning that category because it deserved yeah. that category. Action game of the year. And like, I was so nervous that other games were gonna take that, and I'm glad that uh, the Dead Cells went out because that it, that game was great. Absolutely. Shout outs to uh, shout outs to to that company. You read about how everyone gets paid the same at that company over at, at Kotaku. There's a great story about that. Um, at least that was true when that that article ran. I don't know if it's still true now. Who could say? I, you <laughs> well, know. Now they won that so, game award and said, yeah, "Ah, fuck, fuck it. it, I'm king. I'm king of dead cells." Merit now. pay, bitches. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, also, that that show started with that really awkward that guy uh, Sean Layden, Reggie Layden, Red, oh. Sean Layden, Reggie Fiume and Fiume and uh, and and Phil Spencer all on stage thing. That was like nothing. I, I thought that I was convinced. Crossplay, baby. When. Yes, that nope. was like this makes. They were gonna walk out and all go, you know, it's because they were building to yep. it in the commentary. Like it's it's best when we work together. Communities are in collaboration. That's what video games is about. And it's like cool. This is where you're all gonna Fortnite, say, you know, Rocket over League. the next over the next year, right. we're all gonna work together to get our platforms in sync. So cross platform games means cross platform gamers. Boom. Done. Damn. No. Put you on and the then stage. nothing. They just walk off the stage. Like, off the stage. It really felt like there was an announcement that got pulled. Oh yeah, definitely. Because someone it was backed bizarre. out. Someone backed out. Not to Natalie's point. Yes. Um. Uh. What is his first name? I remember his last name is Ferris. Uh. The dude. The director. Oh, of Joseph. Way out. Yeah. Joseph I Ferris was, was they there. They opened with him in the pre-show. They opened with him in the pre-show so that he would not eat up real time yeah. and also the pre-show was, the, was show. the same format as the real yeah. show thus like undercutting both those games and those awards as though like the reason yes there has to be a hierarchy you've only got time for so many things but like the reason the pre-show is hosted by different people in a different set is so that you don't just go you know for for 20 minutes or whatever like well here's some awards to some fucking games in the pre-show like right. who's ready for but the also, real show honestly, honestly if I'm motion twin being able to be like Hey, yeah, I have 90 seconds to talk about my game with Jeff Keighley directly. Yeah, I'll take that over being up on stage. Like, that was that's a good way to to do some of those winners where you actually get to see multiple people from the dev team and they can talk. And it's super weird sure. to be like, this is the pre-show, but in some ways I'm getting more time on your show that started 30 minutes ago regardless of what you say. Okay, sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'll show up in my cool leather jacket. All right. Um... All right, let's reel it back in, reel it back in, Epic Games. Okay, so the other thing I wanted to say uh-huh. was yep. my other concern or fear is, or the thing that I'm, I'm very curious to see, with, with a high curation system, with a system that's very gated, um, what you end up doing is is the thing that you just said, which is if you're an independent creator, are you going to need to work with a publisher to get Epic's attention and to show up on that marketplace, to get that good 88-12 split? The, right. the people who need that most are the people who don't have it already. Do you know what I mean? Are the people if it's who just, are, if who it's are just the high T, like the triple A of indie developers, triple I, the the big indie. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but which like is what it looks like right people? now, right? Because that's it's right. super giant. Uh, it's Anna, well, that makes it's and that makes stuff. sense for like trying to get people in, like try, like somehow this has to be paired with you need eyeballs mm-hmm. to drag people there. Yes, but that the reason you do that if this truly is about giving. The developers who need that split the most, those who are net like never going to get to fifty million, like how do those people get in the system? Which is still right. an open question because because then it ends up unpacking all the messy questions that Steam had trouble with along the way, mm-hmm. right? Like Epic still is going to have to face like that exact problem and like what the answer is. 
like I, I wouldn't say there's necessarily like a clear answer like that, that is not what Steam did. It's still like own its own fucking mess. And um, I think you're absolutely right that like if it's just the super giants of the world, like I mean, good for them. Like I, I love those that that team, mm-hmm. but like that doesn't solve the problem of the the person who makes. 70,000 off their game right. from the revenue right. split on Steam, but actually they could make 100,000 and that's like the difference between like paying off their debt or like hiring right. a contractor, you know, or whatever. Um Yeah, totally. Um briefly, I played a bunch of Ashen last night. I okay. So we was like a you and I a peek behind the curtain. One Patrick and I have seen that game a bunch of times, four or five times between us, right? Maybe six you have times. played the, the final boss I fought of the that final game. boss of that game, you know, at, at E3. I think we told that story I think already. we did. Yeah. So you can go back into yeah. the archives and try to find that. Um, there are ways to talk about games in pre-release. Uh, it's super rare that we do what we did with the Cyberpunk 2077 demo that we saw, where we're like, you have to go see this thing. This thing was incredible, right? Which, you know, again, bracket the last six months of bad bad quotes on labor, shitty transphobic jokes on Twitter from CD Projekt Red and GOG, right? Like, that shit has sucked. But but we did come back from seeing that CD Projekt or seeing that Cyberpunk demo and we're, like, glowing, right? It's r- so rare that you do that. Most of the time, what you see when you go to a show like E3 or a PAX is either a game about to come out, and you're like, oh yeah, I played it for like 15 minutes, but I didn't want to play more of it because it's about to come out, and so I'm just going to play it when it comes out. Um, Or something so early or or midway through development that you can't really judge if it's good or bad. Um, You're like, okay, I had some cool ideas. And you kind of make an educated guess on your tone when talking about it. You know when you don't like a thing, but then sometimes you go like, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna give it some love because like maybe they turn it around. Okay, there's some cool ideas here. All games look bad until they're about to ship. You know, all games come together at the last moment. That's kind of like common knowledge inside of the game space. Um, Ashen is a game that fell on the like. This is interesting. This looks cool. Yeah. It could be yeah. really bad. Like your first experience yeah. with it didn't explain some multiplayer stuff. No, um, it didn't. <laughs> uh, even when I saw it in, at E3 when it was like near uh, what they were saying was like near content final at the very least. Maybe it was content final by then. Was like a little empty feeling, and it, it didn't. It didn't have like I wasn't particularly compelled in any way to like talk more about that game. I probably put two and a half, three hours into it. I'm having an incredible time. So I'm playing on Xbox. It's part of Game Pass. Um, it's also on the Epic Store on PC. I don't know that it's on PS4 yet. Uh, people should check. Um, is it on, is it on the? I guess that it must be on PC, right? That's what I'm saying. It's on the Epic Game, Game Store. Yeah, it's forty bucks on. Epic. No, 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 no. I mean, but is it? It's part of Game Pass. Which is, does that mean you can also get it through oh, the Microsoft Store on PC? I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna load it up. Right yeah, now, go check. Right um, it is a a uh, an independent. Uh, Souls-like, it 100% falls into that that category. It isn't trying not to be that. Um, uh, it has a very it has a very sharp look. Um, all of the characters that that uh, are in the world are look almost like mannequin forms. Like they have no, there's no facial features, right? They're just kind of flat polygonal characters. Um, but there are there. Are, I don't want to make the I don't want you to think that there's no textures in the world. Like the world is is very um detailed and and has like a there's almost like um not a pixar look but there's it feels like an independent like computer or like a cg movie in some ways um and it seems pretty basic at first right like there's there's uh all of the stuff you know from the souls games uh, r1 is your light attack r2 is your heavy attack 
you know, you can put shields on, you get a you get a thing that's basically an Estus flask. Um, but a couple of things are really working for me. One is that I think it's it, it looks gorgeous. Uh, it's one of those times when I'm like happy I have a 4K TV, which is not all that often because I don't play that many. Like Red Dead did that for me. This is doing that for me. Uh, and and little else, and so much of it is art direction. These are like gray spaces, but with like little little sharp spots of kind of desaturated reds and greens and yellows. Um, and that stuff, for whatever reason, is just like really beautiful to, to move through and, and to explore. Um, like Dark Souls, it's a fantasy setting. Like the, the intro is is like a little bit like softer Dark Souls. I know I described something as soft thumper earlier, but like this is like very similar in the vein of of ah yes, the three the three dark ones and in the old days the ashens move through the sky casting off light and etc. Um but it ends up feeling like a much more complete game than anything I'd played before at any of these other events. Uh the voice acting is really strong. I didn't expect voice acting. And in general it is a game that um, I know Patrick. I actually started a different game, uh, uh, Mutant Year Zero, this way to you. The other I know. Day. I, was like, I just started this, Austin. I, I uh, you're going to ask me to balance this one uh, in well, two. Like, the funny thing is, I'm going to describe it the same way, which is it's not getting in my way, which is maybe the biggest distinction from Dark Souls and other Dark Souls games. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a game that has a quest lock. This is a game that has a map. Uh, this is a game that you that has like AI companions Weird. that follow you around when you do their quests. So like, there's huh. a dude early on who is like. Uh, I'm haunted every night I go to sleep and I dream of my of my brother and he is he he's holding me in contempt for something. I'm seeing this place. Will you go with will you go there with me and see what we can find from him? And one that character has like really good voice acting. Two, it, there's a quest log and you can like go into the quest log and select it and it puts a point on the map. Um and so like if you're looking for the completely uh, uh kind of indirect guide points only of a Dark Souls game or, or, or something in that vein where it's like, okay, I know I have to go ring three bells, but I don't know where the fuck those bells are. This is not that, but it is exploring the ruins of a past culture. It is, um, you know, learning your movesets. Uh, it is upgrading your gear. Um, and then it's one other really, really, really cool thing, which it's building a town. Mm. The game opens with you going to a point. The end. The game opens with the age of dark ends, and the age of light is beginning because an Ashen has arrived, and an Ashen is this giant crow, this like space crow has arrived, uh, and it's casting off light, but it's going to get killed by one of the dark ones if we don't find it and protect it. Um, and so, you set off in the the first day that there's ever been in your lifetime. And it's like this gray overcast day. And this guy says like, all right, we need to set up like a home, basically. We need to, we need to like, lock, as an adventurer, you need a home base that we can lock your soul to, your spark to, so that if you die, you'll come back there. And so you go and you, you find this rock and you find this guy's hammer and you find a spark so you can set up this home base. And um, he hits the, the hammer on the spark on the stone and then it says like, town founded. I'm like, all right, word. Okay, cool. And as you go off and do quests for people and find new NPCs, they come back oh, to your I home base. That. And every time you come back, they've begun to build it. So, like, the first time I came – the second time – the first time I came back, there was, like, a little hovel. And this guy had kind of set up shop and, like, a desk and had, like, some stuff in boxes and, like, uh, like some parcels and stuff. The next time I came back, that was elevated up another level. And there was a ladder in place. And he unpacked his stuff and I could start crafting there. Um, and all these random NPCs who just have names like Villager or Traveler. Like, first they're Traveler and they're out in the world. But, but bit by bit, they come into town and they're Villager. And when they're out in the world, they're like, stay away from my rock. Don't touch my rock. Like, 
like like um ah you're one of the ones who who steps on the campfire go away and then you bring them into town you don't like you don't lead them into town but you go back to town there's more and more travelers who come back to become villagers and there they're like you know, it, it feels good to be in one place. You know, it feels good like I don't have to go to to. I'm not always running or whatever. And it feels like you're you're building something in this space and like building a community together. And the characters all have again really great voice acting. Um, and there's just stuff happening in the world. I walked through this ruined castle, excuse me, ruined castle gate, and saw this gigantic flying fish, like huge just moving through the sky and i was like what the fuck is going on in this game since when are there giant weird flying fish um i think i think this might be one like i think this might be a good ass game and it didn't show a lot that of good way. ass games coming in december yeah dude it turned out that december <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about more of this on monday yeah. i don't want to go off on that tangent no totally yet, totally totally we'll talk about mutant year zero like on Ashen, monday. mutant mutant year zero um, uh, below comes below out below comes week. out next week what the fuck is happening december isn't safe uh, anymore i thought Reese, december was Reese, safe Greece Bryce comes out next week. Greece. I can't roll my R's. Greece. Uh, Greece. See, thank you. Greece. Thank you, Natalie. There. I is. need like a soundboard and I'll just have Natalie say it every um, time I need to. So yeah, so uh, I'm going to I'm going to to play more. play more of this game this week. Like it's not I did on not the want to store. go to bed. I did not want to go to bed last night. I just wanted to keep playing this game. Austin, more. that's you every night. So no, I'd but, like, that's but not... I mostly don't want to go to bed and I'm laying in bed reading Twitter. And, like, okay. working on side right. projects and writing stuff uh-huh. and, like, trying to get my head to fall asleep. This was, I want to stay up playing this video game, mm. which has not happened in a minute for me, you know? Uh, uh, so, this, yeah, is, it is. this is, I'm so happy because I've seen this game so many times privately, behind closed doors or at events, and been like, yeah, I fucking hope this thing comes together. I'm not convinced it will. And it looks like it, ha- who knows, it could fall off a cliff in, in an hour or two, but it hasn't yet. There are all these moments that I've taken video of where I've been like, holy shit, what just happened? And that is not the game, the type of game I expected it to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, especially, uh, I didn't, I don't know. Like When I played that game in the past, I was like, uh, you know, yep. okay. Totally. Like, Indie Souls, like, I don't know if I need this. Um, as much as I was like, it seemed well made and yep. interesting, but that's cool. They, those demos not never got into the town like all the other bigger promises, thematic promises, 100%. and character stuff was never in any of that. So, um, uh, and yeah, just side note, it is not on Windows Store. So at the moment, if you want it on PC, it is epic. I will note that the language of this is so like we're gonna start getting into like really specific language with the Epic Store. Um, so like for example, it says. Uh, the announcement for Ashen on Xbox One and PC says, as announced at the Game Wars, Ashen is available now on PC through the Epic Game Store. It's exciting for our debut game Ooh. to be on the first set on the store and to partner with Epic Games for the release of Ashen. Um, in the press release uh, about Ashen, this is separate, um, this is additionally Outer Wilds, not... Not Outer Worlds. <laughs> not the other game. Not Outer Worlds. Not Rim uh, the game that, Not the, the game that The game that Austin was talking about before... Um, an open world mystery about a solar system trapped in endless time loot developed by Mobius Digital has been announced for the Epic Game Store at launch. In a di- so that that word that, that phrase at launch is doing a lot of lifting because that is going to be like the distinction that is like console exclusive, mm-hmm. blah, blah blah blah. Like I think there will be a lot of games that are like this that at least in the near term will be like, oh, we're also coming out there, and then they're going to be different games like Ashen that might actually just, I mean, maybe it still comes out for Steam, but it's like, you know so far away from it that it's like if you want to be part of the com- you know yeah, yeah, quote unquote yeah. conversation yeah. you're going to want to play it now so interesting totally um interesting cool uh anything else here before we wrap up 
Uh, let me look through the list. Uh, you know, what, quick time. thing is there were these uh-huh. Facebook gaming sponsored moments, which like roll my eyes at that. Um, but the Global Gaming Citizen Collection, <laughs> there are three segments um, about people who are uh, uh, doing their best to improve the world through gaming, basically. Um, and that was uh, Sadia Bashir from from Pakistan, uh, who started the, the first game development school in Pakistan. Uh, she she um, is like teaching people how to how to make games, uh, teaching women how to make games in Pakistan. That was really cool. Uh, Luol Mayen, who uh, is a, a refugee from South Sudan, uh, who is making games about about war, like you know, very basic phone games that people in Sudan can Sudan can can actually play. Um, which uh, actually played because like they're in a refugee camp and they have phones and so they can play phone games and that that was really cool. And then uh, Stephen Spone, who who I've had the pleasure of meeting a couple of times, who uh, is an accessibility advocate and consultant, uh, who runs the I, don't, I actually don't know if he runs it or if he's just part of it or if he started it. I don't know where on the spectrum he is, but I associate him with Able Gamers, a great advocacy group uh, for accessibility inside of gaming. Uh, really great dude. Every time I've spoken with him, has been great and. I've said this before, but like I think that there is, I think that you can be very critical of kind of the opt the the capitalist optimism um uh like industry. You know, I think that there is an industry that is like everything is fine, everything is going okay. Look at how the market is providing for those that that uh that have not been provided for, that have been marginalized by the market to begin with. Um, look at these outstanding people who are overcoming their the, the odds to to be able to be participants in the global market. Like, and that shit sucks. But in a night that is already going to just be like rah 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 new games, rah 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 spend money, rah 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 like white folks, which is what traditionally award shows have been. To and also like Western countries and big major corporations to be able to be like here are three people from the margins who love games and who are using games to transform lives is the right call, you know? Um, and so like to be able to have that stuff and then also have the, the great talk or the great, the great speech um, from the Celeste team and to have uh, Sonic Fox up there gave, did end up giving the night, if not a, a, you know, a complete uh, political undercurrent, you know, or anything like that. I don't think you like the takeaway from the night was that it was nice to see, people being placed first and and things like like you said earlier mental health um queerness and then and then kind of the the globe not just big western companies being put uh for for uh, at the front at certain moments and and, and you know d- disabled bodies and disabled people also so mm-hmm. so yeah shout outs to that 100 uh these uh one thing i'll shout to is psychonauts 2 looked good yeah but boy having a Starbreeze logo open that trailer when their offices have just been raided for accusations of insider trading and the company appears to be collapsing because The Walking Dead was such a bomb that they weren't ready for no one to buy that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope that, I, hope, uh, I hope that game does okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, snow map on PUBG. We should check that out. Yep. Uh, Hello Games has a little game that looks called The Last Campfire that looks really cute. Made by two people. Made by two people. Two people. Crash Team Racing is coming back. That sure. That Anthem live music performance was dope. I just want more of that. Honestly, I'm yeah, excited for sick. Anthem, but like, but that song was dope. And she had story trailer didn't do a lot. No, me either. Just, I just need more. Yeah. It was just. Like, I need to play that. You're game. setting up a villain who stakes that I don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anthem is like a thing. It's actually it's a thing in the. Okay, yeah, it's sure, the, fine. The uh, Anthem. 
Um, I yeah. didn't like that Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe trailer at all. It felt way too much like accounting, which is what half of, of the team behind uh, the original Stanley Parable went on to make. A little too, like, in my face and not, like, restrained British humor the way that the best parts of Stanley Parable were. Mm. Um, yeah. I, well, it... It may have been that that trailer had to reach in a yes, way because totally. the like most people don't know what that thing is anymore. That was a while ago. Yep, uh, we got a Twenty One Savage song inside of inside of uh, the Mortal Kombat Mortal Eleven, Kombat. the MK Eleven. Even as someone that loves me some Mortal Kombat, yeah. like defining part of uh, like my childhood is Mortal Monday. Yeah, um, and who still likes the Mortal Kombat uh, series and, and likes what NetherRealm does in general. Um, <laughs> Man, yeah, okay, you know, yeah. that trailer was a like <laughs> fucked, man. Like, I, I, it was it was violent, and then there's that trailer, yeah, dude, and it was just like, it was an uncomfortable, like very personal violence that was, uh huh. It was a lot. It was a it lot. Was like, it's a just lot. a, it's just a CG trailer. You know, those games are violent. Like, they are what they are. But it, even for me, like, uh huh. You know, similar to the way the the Last of Us Two stuff sometimes was like, okay, right. okay, okay, okay. Uh yeah, I like. I don't have a lot to say other than just like, it was a lot it was, in a way that it was a fucking it was lot. A lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a curve of realism that what at some point that makes it just like a little hard. Um, I know we said, I I don't think we explained what the block is. Did we? No, we didn't even no. talk about the block stuff. We didn't even talk about the okay. Fortnite block stuff. Yeah, which is interesting. I'm so weirded out by it. Yeah. Um first of all, so it is so the block has repl- it's like a, basically like a platform of some sort that has replaced <laughs> literally which, in multiple okay, ways. Can I just say that the fact that they're calling this am I the only one? Mm-hmm. The fact that they're calling this the block no. can, the fact that they're calling it the block and then like a chance the rapper style beat came can, in? Uh, no. Thank you. I felt like I was like losing my mind last night. Like I felt no. like it was like Chance, who has been very publicly anti-critical uh, of them, yeah, who's been very critical uh-huh. of the way that they can you can you set can we set that up yeah. a little bit more okay. yeah. for people? So Go ahead. You uh, so the well set up what cha- the way that Chance has been critical or set up why the block I mean so Chance has been critical the block so, is shitty. like why the why why is, is the why is the block shitty like okay, so, I think not everyone okay. is going to connect the dots so, on that. So so first of all, you need to know that I Millie rock on any block. Uh, Thank the, you. The one of the things that has made one of the ways in which Fortnite's popularity has become clear in the world around us is lots of nine year olds doing Fortnite dances, right? Um, we see them doing doing all sorts of stuff that you know that they learned from Fortnite. Some of them are very goofy things like the loser dance with like the L on the forehead and then like kicking their mm-hmm. knees out, kicking their legs out, and kind of a high knee situation. But a lot of them are dances that originated in hip hop that have a very traceable, a very traceable origin, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the, the one that has come uh, up in the past week uh, in, in a new way uh, is the Millie Rock, which is a dance uh, that was created by, by Two Millie, who is a rapper. Uh, look up Millie Rock, M-I-L-L-Y, Rock. Uh, and I think that it's called like the, the Swipe or Swipe Left or it's something like swipe in, in, in Fortnite. Fortnite yeah, something like that. Um, uh, and it's one of many dances that come from black culture, that come that from hip hop culture, that can be, that have names already. That have names already, <laughs> and then they are rena- um, renamed and and 
and brought in and and it is like it is like the dab turned up to a thousand where like i've told this story on this podcast before that like i had someone i saw someone once think that griffin mcelroy invented dabbing um and like the complete disconnect from natalie are you okay natalie you've bent over are you all right okay so um in a history of cultural appropriation uh, in which like Color artists of color uh, create original uh, and and interesting and vibrant culture. Uh, you know, new dances, new types of music, um, and and those are inevitably captured by predominantly white uh, corporate interests and then fed to suburban white audiences. This is like the latest in that, and oddly, unlike in many of those other cases, this is a space where. One, there has been a pretty loud response from black artists to be like, yo, shut the fuck up, pay us for what we've done. Um, that culminated with, with two Millie taking, you know, filing suit against against Epic um, Epic uh, this week. But also the second thing is it's going to be a really hard case in court because unlike something like uh, a guitar riff, um, or maybe not a rip, like a, the, 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 an entire guitar like uh, chord progression or something. There is not a lot of protection for dance as it stands in American IP law. A dance move cannot be copyrighted right now. You can't register it as a trademark. You can't patent a single dance move. And so I'm a little worried about, about Two Millie's court case. So, so all of that is the context for them to then show up and drop a thing called the block which is which already had me like hmm because it's a place where you're that's like driven by user generated content and I'm always hmm by user generated content because I'm Austin and it's like the thing that I care about um, uh, in which they're rolling out a creative mode basically for Fortnite soon and the block will be a place where stuff that they think is cool from the 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 community that the community's built in their kind of Fortnite creative mode that has a real name that I've already forgotten what it's called will show up in the block in the middle of the regular Fortnite Battle Royale map, right? So like, oh, if you build like a cool, I almost said uh, a cool uh, movie house, but that's what's being destroyed here. So it probably won't be that. If you build a cool, you know, theme park or something, you build something that looks like a roller coaster and they're like, oh, that's really cool. It could show up for other players when they're playing the playing Fortnite Battle Royale on the block. But to then name it the block when the hook for Two Millie's track is I Millie Rock on any block. And then to use a sample that sounds like the distinctive, like, Donnie Trumpet, Chance the Rapper, like contemporary Chicago sound. Uh, it's not the Chicago sound, but it's it's certainly Chance's Chicago sound. Uh, feels like like a jab. Like I'm not saying that you can't read too much. It's hard to know someone's heart over the internet. Feels, but what you, but at the very least, it's, it's thoughtless. Yeah. It's careless. I, th- I think that underscores a lot of how Epic has handled a lot of 100%. this so far. Is, is way more thoughtless than. Malice. But at this point, they've um, been told. That's the thing, right? Right. right. Is like, right. I know, I know that there are Chance the Rapper fans at Epic who have heard Chance the Rapper be like, "Yo, pay people." I am so concerned about the outcome of this because it's going to be one of those moments where the reality of law is shows who is protected and who yeah. isn't. Uh, go ahead. Well, yeah, Natalie. I was just going to say this. Like, could be such an important moment in which Black creators get to have ownership over the content that that is like being profited off by larger corporations you look at um 
I forget her name, but the woman who coined the term on fleek, um, who mm-hmm. is like currently in like a, a, a battle or, or trying to undergo uh, legal proceedings to patent that and, and like be, right. com- uh, be compensated for the usage of it. Or, um, uh, the guy who like, like vine hat, like is, is full mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. and, and it only, it only continues is like the sad and fucked up part and to see at least an example of you know a uh, a win for a black content creator in this in this context would be great but because of how laws are written and because of who they are written for which predominantly is not creators and is like I fear for because I, I it like you said it's it's not a very strong case because there are no protections in in place already um unless right it's true but there's a world where the discovery process of this looks so fucking yep. awful yep. for epic yep. so like there's, there's, there's a what world that means, where you, you explain you, you, t- you take the big l but the but like um in terms of you know the case not settling in 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 in, in his favor but like there are undoubtedly emails yeah. and lots of paper trails in which it would make them look that they're they're do, the law may not protect right. the creator but like the malice that is being or especially the indifference like that is that could probably be characterized as malice in a certain light that would be come through the the, the discovery process of emails and other paper trails like yeah but I mean what epic should white, do what you're talking about there is aren't going to care about that shit like who's who is fucking Fortnite's audience Right, so that's the question here. The question ends up being, does Epic call the bluff and say, like, yeah, you can send around the emails of, of us linking to, to Millie's video all you want. That doesn't change the law. We'll take the L in public to for Austin Walker, but we're going to keep making tons of money from an audience that doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Right? Or, seem, or are they going against, to say, yeah. because right now they're in this play. They're trying to make this we're the good guy play with the change in, I mean, I want to be clear. They didn't come out and say, like, we're doing this because we love developers. They did say it was good for business, right? The, the reason that they're yeah. doing the 88-12 split on the Epic Game Store, there's, like, a long interview about what the business motivations are behind that and so many of their, their other practices out there. Um, but but they are framing themselves as an alternative to Steam and to being a friend of the little guy and blah, blah, blah. And so I can imagine them settling this out of court with two milli and then and then professionalizing it in a sense, which is to say – Next season, season eight, it's all about dances. And guess what? We got Drake. We're going to do the hotline bling dance with Drake. We're going to pay him money to be on. And then we're going to do that with a bunch of other rap artists who are going to come on and do their dance. And they'll be, we're add, we'll add the skins to the, to the game and everyone wins and we're going to keep doing it. And like, and hey, they've got a new single and like, right. here's the music video. Right. Like, and it's time. How like, do we hook this there's into? Like a, there's such an easy world where like everyone fucking wins from Except this. that, except well, so the thing about that even that is, that is interesting, right? Is that like the, the Millie Rock does not come out of, and, and so much of, of the most like viral culture, uh, uh, cultural dances, the virality in general is not often tied to record labels, to big cultural right. corporations. And so- the funny thing is the version of this that does become professionalized, that does end up being like we've teamed with Interscope Records to blah, 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 right, right, is right, actually right. corny as shit, yeah. right? Um, what I hope they figure out how to do is to work directly with artists, directly with choreographers, directly with people who are, are responsible for, for things like, like the Millie Rock uh, and, and many of the other dances in Fortnite blowing up. Bring them on board. Pay them either 
backwards for for what they've already done or figure out a way to work with them directly going forward and for it to not become a promotional uh, you know, angle label. for promotion for upcoming for upcoming yeah exactly upcoming big the releases. other fucking corporation um, in the equation like right you know exactly getting their cut like ugh. especially depending on what the the, the artist's deal is because that's the worst version exactly. of this is the version where yeah uh we you know we decided to work with with def jam and guess what? The artist is getting fucked because the artist's contract didn't say shit about them getting a cut of selling dance moves, yeah. you yeah. know? Um, like, this could so, get... So, yeah. It, it can go... It has the ability to go there, which... And historically, those sorts of things did go yeah. that way. And so I want this to be a moment where it goes the other way. Um, and you're right, Patrick. For me, it's like, how much can... How much can the discovery period can the, can the 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 fact that all of this will be dragged into light put pressure on Epic versus it being like actually won in court? Because I don't uh, unless you get you know yeah, but I, they, the but, laws written does not look like it's does not look like it's in two million's but, favor. But the thing is, they they've already so profited over the relationships that they've had with rappers oh, yeah. that they don't need them anymore. They already had Drake and Ninja stream. Ninja's already the fucking right. biggest streamer of all time, whatever, training fucking content creator of the year. They don't need them anymore. They they can do it on their own. And that's like the very cynical But there would be a, there would be a, it is the very cynical take on this. But truly they they don't need to to they already have like their army of yes exactly right? like they don't need to convert to convert yeah. those people anymore we'll see because like i, mean, their I, goals I, are I, I don't disagree bigger. i don't disagree with that but i just it's there is a risk in, in associated with that in terms of like how they are talked about as a company like because right now it can be painted as in mm -hmm. as indifference right but the moment that you allow a lawsuit to actually finish to a conclusion it just it just paints a much different picture yeah. Of that, I'm not saying they won't do that. I'm not saying that they like, will they might not do be the calculus and say it's, it doesn't matter enough. Because like if, but it, but to make that calculation will paint them yeah. in a very particular different light in which they're making a conscious choice. Um, in which the, the you know often when this company is when, whenever we talk about them will be comma insert yeah that right. But wasn't right? last like year's that lesson that it didn't matter if we <clears throat> talked about them or not because. People like us did not care about Fortnite for a year, and what happened was people like Ninja did, and it blew up without us at all, without any of the mainstream press. I agree. I, I just think this is a fundamental. Like this is this is in a different no, I think, category. Yeah. You're I right. Think you were like, talking it, it, like it, it, a PR flack who's talking about like crisis comms language, but I think the reality is that fundamentally, you can eat this. You got more money than God. You got your army of ten year olds many of whom have no investment in the content creators who have been screwed by Epic, basically ripping off the style and aesthetic and atmosphere of its massive IP from these other artists. I think the, like, I think the other calculation you can make is, by and large, we live in a culture where people root for brands and IPs and companies. And people yeah. are bought into Fortnite. They love the Fortnite company. Who the fuck is Millie? Yeah. That is it. Like I, I, I hope you're right, Patrick. I do. I suspect you have people who are making the case you're making at Epic right now, who are saying, who are saying this matters because we want to keep people on our side. We want to continue to be the underdog who succeeded. We want people to be excited about Fortnite. We want everyone to be excited about Fortnite. We want Drake to keep wanting to fuck with us. But they will. But, but they I will fuck worry. with Drake. I mean, that's the other thing is they they right, will right, figure right, out right. who matters in this in this calculation. Right. They well, will. that's the actual thing you need is you need they could they they could end up doing both right like right. in which 
like to Millie gets screwed, but but hot like you know, but Drake yeah, you gets partner with Drake. renamed like the hotline. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's, a, that's, that's the more likely that's the more likely outcome. Like I, like so much of this hinges on does shame still work? I think a lot of what you're saying, Patrick, is hinging on do we live mm-hmm. in a society where public shame and being called out on what you actually did, not what the law says you can do, not what the law like pretends about the reality of how things are created or where they come from, but the actual like public knowledge of we all know what you decided to do. We all know where you took this. We all know your thinking. Do we live in a society where that still matters? And I think where I get pessimist here, and this is maybe why I get a little heated about this and why I tend to look at, like this becomes almost a token for a larger cultural issue, which is that fundamentally, I feel like the way things are going, we are li- we are living in a period where we are learning that increasingly, if you if you choose not to care about shame, if you choose just to brush it aside, you know, you take the reputational L, you keep your money, Time passes, shame fades, people forget, you're a success, you're in a stronger position. I think that is the arc of things. I would like Epic to buck that trend and admit that, hey, like one of the reasons Fortnite became a cultural phenomenon is because we seeded throughout it uh, references to an entirely different culture that was new and novel to, to our audience. I would love if if Epic did that, but I also have grown really cynical about the power of shame and personal responsibility and the obligation people feel, particularly when they're put in the framework of a large corporation, to do the right thing. And I think it's very easy for, we will, we will see at best a deal struck with people that matter to a company like Epic. And for everyone else, here's what the law says we can do. <laughs> right. I will. I will say that uh, you know a, uh, a a reason to continue to be cynical um, is uh, to go read the uh, feature um, uh, at the Verge, um, the curious case of the Fortnite cheater, mm-hmm. um, which is the last time that uh, Epic engaged in like sort of a, a public lawsuit this way with a 14 year old who created a cheating right application for about this. Fortnite and um it's it's bad like they eventually settled i'm trying to pull up the um Fortnite cheater epic game settle lawsuit uh da, 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 da. well like the messaging it around it a fine of at least five thousand right. dollars blah, blah 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 like the kid didn't go to jail but like can you go read like the verge piece that outlines like epic's journey on this lawsuit like they come across as complete fucking callous monsters yeah. going after a 14-year-old that that did not deserve it so that is that is that is certainly a reason to think that you know all of you are right the shame doesn't matter <laughs> and they'll take the lawsuit where they need to um and then quietly settle it in a way that is in their and then their next favorite. year they can now talk we'll about how great things are on the block what's happening on the block what's happened on the block you know yeah yep. exactly exactly and that is which which the irony of this is that when that trailer started and when they said we're calling it the block and then when that music started i was like oh shit did they already come to term like did they is is chance about to come on stage <laughs> like what's about to happen um like, that's the other thing is like we we truly don't know what what conversations have already happened here uh but but it, seeing it play out the way it did was like oh man this is not the way to do it um so yeah, that is our that is our Fortnite and uh, cultural appropriation segment. Any last thoughts before we wrap up here? Because mm. we've gone a little long. 
Devil May Cry 5 has a demo out. I haven't played yet. Lots um, of bad boys last night. Bad. Lots Say of again? bad boys last night. Oh, there were a lot of bad boys last night. All the bad boys were there. Yeah. Natalie I loves do. the bad boys. Yeah, like Solus. No. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of Solus, actually, actually, Natalie. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We've talked a lot about a lot of things already. I'm going to give you a little secret. Uh-huh. We actually already also had a conversation about the Dragon Age uh, Inquisition teaser. Um, but it requires a lot of spoilers. Like, there's no way to have that conversation without spoiling stuff from Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, and so to talk about the, the Dragon Age game that was teased last night, we need you to be okay with spoilers. So the rest of this podcast Major, is going to be... Major, absolutely huge spoilers. Uh, huge. We're going to we're gonna do the little outro. So right now I'm going to say thank you as always to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Obviously you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. You can find Patrick Klepik at Patrick Klepik. You can find Natalie Watson at Natalie Watson and Rob Zachney at Rob Zachney. Shout out to Kato, our producer. You can find at uh, uh underscore Kato underscore appears. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypoint vice, uh, uh, youtube.com slash waypoint, uh, and twitch.tv slash waypoint. Uh, sorry, youtube.com slash waypoint vice and twitch.tv slash waypoint. And uh, be good and be good at it and peace and all of that. And what I'm really going to say is, Natalie, can you just do us a favor and explain what's up with Solus? I got you, fam. Natalie, do you have do you have thoughts about Solus? Because they did the thing that we basically said they would do. They didn't do yep. the whole thing. We we had, we had said you know fair is fair. We had said that we expected maybe like a Dragon Age you know one remaster or collection or something on the current consoles. They didn't do that. But they but they did they did do the second thing, which is like, like to a T, twenty to second a to the T, the twenty or thirty second tease with a name for a game, a quick voice clip. You know, a slow pan from out. the character that we said they the, would. From the character they said we said they would, <laughs> which and, is obvious. I don't want to make it seem like I'm overly clever. No, like this was like no. any like <clears throat> if anyone would pull this off a shelf. Totally, <clears throat> Natalie. I know that you have feelings about about the egg, Solus. I do, I do. I saw. What do you think about this teaser trailer for the dread? The Dread Wolf Rises is the name of the project. Good name. I'm fucking upset and <laughs> also excited and. Also, oh. I you know that tweet where they said, <laughs> yeah. what you know that tweet where it was like, um, who said it last night? Fuck. Uh, sorry, I just banged the microphone. Um, all my friends want to fuck, marry, or kill. Yeah, uh, I made the cosmoses. Yeah, Solus, and uh-huh. I think you responded either. Uh-huh. That's a huge mood this morning, just coming out of. <laughs> Coming, <laughs> coming out of uh, that Dragon Age trailer and remembering my feelings at the end of Inquisition. Help me, because I'm a little, I'm a little behind on my Dragon Age. Okay, why Solus? are people losing it? Because Solus. All right, because we're gonna have to. Sp- there's a light. Sp- there's spoilers here. There's, there's no huge, way to talk yeah, about these. There's huge, there's huge spoilers, spoilers for, for the Age end of Dragon, and for a very specific ending of Dragon Age Inquisition, which is the true ending, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Already derision. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Which is if you play an elf inquisitor that chooses to align with the elves and romance Solus. At the end of the game, am I just spoiling it? This is not like yeah, okay. Spoiling. Jump ahead. Not- jump ahead. If, if you don't care about, it, if you don't want this, jump ahead to some future point in time. Yeah. Kato, can you Kato- do like a, a cut in later okay. and be like, jump ahead to 
Seven I, minutes at later. Jump ahead to seven minutes or later. Okay. So uh, <laughs> basically, at the end of Dragon Age Inquisition, you've spent this whole fucking game building a relationship with this fucking egg. And <laughs> this. Have you seen Solace? This, Have you seen Solace? This fucking egg, egg. This fucking egg has been trying, has been telling you your conceptions of elfism are wrong. What? Oh, actually. Oh, hold on. Ooh, I'm mad again. Okay. So, <laughs> at the end, so basically, you if you play an elf inquisitor, the, your whole storyline is that, yes, thank you, Austin. <laughs> fuck this guy, but also fuck this guy because <laughs> that is this whole fucking game where you spend the whole game trying to establish like a new what what the future of elven identity is essentially right. because elves are like hyper marginalized in this they're world they're hyper marginalized in different ways like some of them are literally kicked off some of them live inside of cities as like servants as a servant they belong class, to like underclass. the lowest yeah the lowest class of 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 like citizens a lot of the times they aren't even considered citizens uh uh they are uh, or they live out in the wilds where they frame themselves as reclaiming their historical culture. But they're reclaiming their historical culture from artifacts because their entire existence has been, like, obliterated. So they're basically, like, assembling a culture from pieces. And at the end of... Oh, my God. All throughout that game, another little piece is the thing that you're saying is Solus throughout Inquisition is, like... Yeah, the wild elves are stupid. Like, yeah, the ones in the cities have it rough, and they should have more. They should respect respectability politics. Yeah, it's me, Solus the Egg, and I think elves should wear their pants higher up on their waists. I think they should wear belts. Why don't the elves wear belts? Um, but then he's like, and the wild ones—they're even worse because what they're reclaiming is bullshit. They don't know their own history. Yeah, all he Everything- says is they, that they don't know that what like they don't know is basically yeah. what he, they say. It's like you know nothing. You don't know. And there's a point in the game where you can choose to... Oh, mm. Okay, at the end of the game, you and Solus, this is like your final like romance moment. You're in this fucking like lake area. There's like a pond. There's trees. It's very romantic, very mystical. And Solus is like... And okay, so at the beginning of the game, sorry, I'm the worst. <laughs> I love this. it so much. Jesus so good. Christ. At the beginning of the game, when you design your elf character, you can give it a face tat. Like you can give it like a, they all have cool face tats. They a lot have, of them do. And they're so you're really like, cool. Yeah. And and so basically, you come to understand uh, throughout the game that the origin of these face tattoos is uh, based on the like uh, grouping. I forget. It's like what. Uh, god your elf group or elf clan was like associated with or something like that I forget so basically all of them are very like distinct and beautiful and whatever in this super romantic moment with fucking Solus he's like I have to tell you oh okay so you I have it up Uh uh-huh you tell him you love him and he responds okay but there's something I have to tell you. And basically, he says that he's like, there's something I have to tell you. There's something you don't know. And I have like I you need to know. Yes, yes, I know, I know, I know. 
So he says, and so Solus can fucking travel through time. Is it's <laughs> <laughs> like the sucking box except in speed. People listening at um, home. People listening at home. Rob is giddy. Rob is gleeful. I've never seen Rob like rub his hands together like Birdman like this. So Solus can meditate into what's called like the fucking rift or whatever, and he the fade, the fade, the fade, the fade. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's a rift and the fade. Okay, whatever. The fade. So he yeah. gets faded, and. Yeah basically can transport himself to different historical moments in time and he can like like be there as like an apparition or whatever and like observe so he says those markings on your face are slave markings because the elves were slaves for a long 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 time um to like the humans of uh fucking whatever this place is called i forget anyway thetis i believe thetis yes anyway then he's like, do you want me to remove them for you? You can decide, like, what, like, and your responses are like, no, these markings have, like, a new meaning for me. Like, I've basically, like, reclaimed these markings as to mean, like, uh, like something empowering to me. Or you can be like, oh, yeah, I should get them removed. Or you're like, fuck off, whatever. And then you end the relationship. No matter what you do, Solus breaks up with you at the end of this because he's like, by the way, I just can't do this anymore. Even if you get the fucking tattoos removed for him, which is just like, oh, my God, whatever. Then at the end, that's not even uh that's not the end. Then the last if you play the DLC, the last scene of this fucking game is you and Solus and Solus is like. You're, like, at the top of this fucking tower or something, and Solus is like, you don't know shit. You, your conceptions of elfin culture are all wrong. Everything is wrong. We and you get this even if oh you're not an God. elf. This part you get. Yeah, this you this get no matter what. But it is especially what, damning yeah, yeah, yeah. after you fucking spent 60 hours trying to have a relationship with this fucking egg. And so at the end of this, he's like, he has got like this fucking portal ship behind him and he's like, I'm going to go fucking end it all. And he jumps in this portal to fucking. You skipped like what he is, which oh, is fine, which is yeah. fine. He's a fucking God. Okay. So this whole time you couldn't be in a relationship with him because he's a fucking God. So he. And he's not just a God. He is like the God of betrayal. He's like. He is the God. He's the trickster like God Loki? that you read about. <laughs> yeah. He's uh-huh. Loki. Yes. He is Loki. He is the trickster god. He's the one who betrayed all the other gods, who killed a bunch of other gods. He is the one who removed magic from the world to begin with and is now like, man, what if we collapsed it all again? What if we brought the fate? What if we destroyed the veil between the world of magic and the world of material stuff? And I know that'll kill a lot of people. And like, I know we were kind of crushing for a while, but, you know, hard choices, Inquisitor. And he jumps in a fucking portal. And leaves. Yeah. And that's the end of Dragon Age Inquisition. And he also kills like some major NPCs. Like he, he sucks. Su- well, oh, so here's the thing. After you guys <laughs> after you guys break up. Take a drink for every Okay, so so wait. You, no, okay. no. Nobody interrupt this. So after you guys break up, he disappears. And this is the first time you fucking find him is at the end of the game in this fucking DLC, is the first time you see him again. And you're like, Solus, oh my god. 
we broke up i miss you whatever i don't know maybe you kind of suck actually because you asked me to get my fucking face tattoos removed which were like kind of sick and like now you're like oh they're slave markings and i'm like oh well i'm reclaiming them bitch so fuck out of here anyway you're at the end and he just fucking dips and then that's the end of the game and we've had nothing we've had nothing since then and this is the shit we get and it's breadcrumbs and it's mwah, i eat it i eat it all <laughs> i say thank you i thank you it is the worst it's not even i want to be clear it's straight up not even new dialogue in this trailer it is literally just the last thing he already said in 2015 when they released the trespasser dlc and i'm like yum delicious the mm, the flavor of these white fucking wonder bread crumbs are so, mm, so strong and it's fucking trash and i oh i'm so mad I can't wait i can't wait that game is that game is going to come out in like 70 years i love it as character design yeah, it's also the worst part is that i'm never i'm not going to be alive to see this game <laughs> global warming i think they already said uh there was a report from uh uh games beat that said the game is at least three years at out. least so at least at least three years doesn't exist Three years from yeah. now, who knows? Oh God! Fair. And then it'll be just be it'll just be Dragon we'll Age be... Andromeda. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh God! What a crushing way to have it all end. <sighs> anyway, I do love that his character design does appear to be like. Look, An we egg? know some of you wanted to fuck Dobby. <laughs> I Rob. And Rob. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> I've never been so dragged in my life. <laughs> oh, look at your pictures Rob? of Dobby now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You just made a lot of egg fuckers very uncomfortable. So what is very funny is a friend of mine, link- there, is a, there is a series of web. I'm not going to, I'm not going to drag anything specific. <laughs> There's a series of fan, uh-huh. fan web sure. comics. The uh, butt is very important. Fan, here, huh? yeah, fan uh, Dragon Age web comics um, that uh, uh, are about characters in that world. I'm not going to say what it is, but a friend of mine linked me to an image of one that I'm now going to link to y'all, uh, and said, referring to the people in that comic, I thought that was Gabe Newell and Dobby, <laughs> and <laughs> it's Patrick Weeks, one of the writers, and and Solus, but it absolutely looks like Dobby to me. <laughs> Might as well be. Might as well be. <laughs> Except Dobby fucking... Mm, Dobby at least would fucking take a bullet for you. Solus would jump in a portal and start the fucking... Would shoot right, the right. gun. Dobby, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. You're saying Dobby still has on the slave tattoos. Yeah. Mm, uh-huh. Well, at the very yes. least, Dobby hasn't taken like two semesters of ethnic studies. And that is exactly is going Rob. That is Solus. One hundred percent. That whole game is like one hundred percent walking around with a master student in their first year who is like so eager to tell you shit, but not tell you shit because he doesn't know shit. But then it's revealed he actually knows way more than anybody else. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst. Fuck him. Anyway. Um, so th- anyway, that was big for me. <laughs> We're back. And we're back. And we're back. From our last break. From uh, the end of that horrible segment. <sighs> to be fair, it's Thank been. You. Sorry it took me so long to get that all out. That's how we got yeah, it. Actually, we, we should put that at the end of the show. It's been like three or four years since I played Dragon Age Inquisition. And 
we should put that at the end of the show. We should say spoilers. Uh, I'll, I'll record a thing before we wrap. I'm like one more segment. We want to talk about Dragon Age, but we have to talk about spoilers. So blah blah blah. Okay. So that's so that if you if end. you listen to this podcast after the after the outro after the sign offs, prepare yourself for a magical fucking journey. Prepare for the veil to be torn down between you and that good, good content. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.